The minute that you get labeled a conspiracy theorist, pretty much everything that you have to say ceases to be taken seriously. The red pill is just about kind of shaking up your perception of the way that things really And on the understanding that what you've been told your entire life is a consciously constructed lie. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. The idea of Project Bluebeam is that NASA, with the help of the United Nations, was attempting to implement a new age religion with the Antichrist at its head and start a new world order via technology simulating the second coming of Christ. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Hawk Hill Media presents... Conspiracy Pill with PJ and Abby. Enough the thing about conspiracy theories is like it's sometimes they're not going to be true. And it's okay. There's literally nothing wrong with asking the questions and pulling on the threads and doing the research. Right. It is what it is. Hello and welcome to the season two finale recap celebration episode of conspiracy pilled i'm abby libby i'm here with pj williams how's it going i am doing good i'm very excited i cannot believe we're already at the end of season two yeah it's i was looking back over everything and i'm really really proud of season two and then just looking at season one that i'm also proud of but we've come a really long way (laughs) on like production value um level of research i feel like the episodes in season two took us a lot longer to research than most of the ones in season one i gotta say sometimes i'll look back at it and i'm like that that was a whole episode i know how yeah, did i do we, that <laughs> our show's gotten longer full of more information yeah yeah uh, it's just been a crazy year we're coming up on a whole year we do two seasons a year and uh if you guys are new to this at the end of season one we did a recap we talked about project Bluebeam a little bit and then we went through our episodes and we looked back and said you know, hey, what did we get right? What new information has come out? What, where has our minds changed on things? And just kind of recapped and reviewed stuff. And there was a lot of information mm-hmm. because in season one, I feel like we had a lot of breaking stories. So we covered Sam Bankman Freed. We covered Eliza Blue. We covered a lot of things that we were we were talking about as they were unfolding. So we got to go back and kind of look at some of those things. And even with all the stuff we did in season two, which was a little bit more aliens and foundational stuff and interviews, uh, there's still a lot of information that we have to add to things. Uh, I also feel like this season we we got unhinged, kind of figured out a little bit more on how we want to do it. We made that a weekly show. We've done so much. Let's go over really quickly just some of the yeah. things that we've achieved in this season because it's been so much so much fun. Uh, we had a goal to get 50,000 downloads on iTunes in our first year of the yeah. show. And two weeks from now, we've been doing the show for a year. We broke 100,000 downloads, I don't know, two months ago or something like that. We're almost to 150,000 downloads. So we are going to triple what our goal was a year ago. Yeah. And you thought I was crazy when I was like, I think, I think we can do this. I think we could get 50,000 downloads on this, this new podcast. It's funny how we've gone back and forth between which of us believed in it more or which of us was more scared. Cause I think in the beginning I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to take off. I thought it was going to get big and I wasn't ready for it yet. So it was like, let's hold up. Like let's let's not get that many downloads so fast. And then I, I remember when you started to figure out how, how big this was getting. And you had it your little freak out, out moment bit, yeah. Yeah. for for a minute there. It did. Yeah. 
Um, but it has been. It's this is we've had a season where we've done a lot of experimentation. We've tried all kinds of new things. We did more interviews, uh, and it's just been fun. I feel like if I could sum up season two, it was let's just see what works. What Let, if we have an idea, let's do it. And we did a lot. Of, we're going to go through all of it in a minute, but I think that was cool. We also demonetized ourselves on YouTube this season. We said we're sick of censoring ourselves. We're sick of, you know, that that fear of like, oh, if we grow here, we have to make sure we don't say or do this if right. we want to continue to be able to, because podcasting is expensive. <laughs> and, um, These and, things uh, don't grow on trees. <laughs> no, when I, it's so funny because people will ask me, you know, like, how, how do I start a podcast? What do I do? And I'm like, I think from like someone who doesn't know what they're doing, they'll be like, oh, you just, you know, you get this app on your phone and you talk into your phone. And it's free and podcasting is free and cheap and easy. And I'm like, well, actually, you got to spend $500 on a microphone and you have to, you know, like all the stuff and then our monthly costs to run everything. So anyway, we demonetize ourselves on YouTube, which which was uh, financially hurtful to us yeah. at the time. We were starting to make some good money over there, but I think it was the right thing. I, I realized we had a video last week that was taken down from YouTube again, and when you texted me to tell me about it, I was just like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. I was shocked by how much I didn't care. It took us almost a whole week to notice. That's how much we <laughs> don't care about YouTube. <laughs> But we have more than 1,000 more followers on Rumble now than we do yeah. on YouTube. And I think that's awesome. We got a lot, we got a lot of people are telling us we're going to fail. This was stupid. You're, you're never going to make it. Uh, your, your podcast is going to go away. It's not going to yeah. grow anymore. You have, you have to grow on, on YouTube. Um, it, it'll, it never works to start on Rumble. I'm like, right. you haven't tried. Rumble's so new. No one's actually tried that. You know, Rumble Rumble has been great. I know there's, you know, issues and we've talked about it before. They're growing and there's growing pains, but Rumble's been so good to us. Our audience over here has been amazing. I don't have to worry about like, oh, can I say that thing about uh, election <laughs> right. interference or this or that? I or the just other? don't I can just think of it. it. I don't think of it. And sometimes I think it's sometimes I get a little thrill saying stuff that I know I used to not be able to say. And it's kind of fun. So. Um, but yeah, so all of that, we've had some amazing guests this season. And honestly, Insane. Yeah, we've had crazy guests. We had Dan Dillon. We had uh, Seth Dillon. We had AJ, uh, TJ Allard. I almost said AJ (laughs) 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 Spencer Clavin. We've had a lot of really, really good guests. Tony Kennett, Vicky Joy Anderson. It's been a lot of fun. But I want to say, I think my favorite thing that we've done this season is just grow the best community, the side of this side yes. of the dark web. You guys have been this awesome. This side of the dark web. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're not that. <laughs> 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 but it's been fun. Everybody's been amazing, and I, I just can't believe the people that yeah. come out and support us every week and and show up and chat with us. So, uh, just wanted to say thank you all to that. I also want to say thank you to our supporters and subscribers over on Locals. We have another one this week, Heather L W with a yearly subscription to Locals. If you guys want to get our bonus unhinged content, Locals is a really great way to do it. There's two ways to do it. Uh, Locals is one of them. You can get go to conspiracypill.locals.com. You can download the Locals app. And if you do a yearly membership, you get two months free. So it's $50 for the whole year instead of 60, which would be $5 a month. The other way you can support us is over at Rockfin. And we have Heather Blagg over on Rockfin that supported us. Rockfin is great because it's like a Netflix subscription. So you can get us and a whole bunch of other people, all of our uh, content. So if you use um, if you use our link or let them know that we sent you, uh, that really helps us out. And it's it's just a really cool platform over there. If you guys want to get us and other people, it's $15 a month. So it's more expensive, but you get 
uh, a Netflix yeah. subscription, essentially. So. And people have asked, like, which one should I do? Which one helps you more? And they're they're pretty close to the same. So if you, if you want, you know, Rockfin is slightly more of a of a cut to us. So if you want all that stuff, don't feel guilty about doing it. I think a couple people were like worried that we wouldn't get as good of a of a return because they want to support the show. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and we really appreciate that. But yeah, we 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 really like Rockfin. Rockfin is one of the things that was born out of that decision. It was a direct YouTube. result. Yeah. yeah we, we would we, never have gotten Rockfin without demonetizing YouTube. Yeah, it was uh, because that Rumble retweeted us and some people were reaching out to us. And one of the people that reached out to us was the owner of Rockfin. And uh, they've just been really, really great. I really like Rockfin. Uh, the one good thing you get out of Rockfin is that we can live stream there right now. I know that locals will allow us to live stream eventually. They are working on it. So right now, the locals episode, I try to upload like a few hours afterwards or the next morning, sometimes if I'm late to work. But you still get the same stuff, just Rockfin, you get it live. Eventually, you will on Locals. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to say before we get into the recap and, and some stories that are Shut going on Shut up, right now. PJ. Oh, my God. I know. Dude, you know what? This show's for the, this show's for the fans anyway. Yeah. So. so true. Um, the the last thing I want to say is, hey, now you threw me off my game, Abby. Ah, good. <laughs> it's going to get worse. Next it's week, we are not worse, doing... It will absolutely get worse. Next week, we are not doing a Wednesday night episode. Uh, we'll probably end up just uh, releasing one of the unhinged episodes uh, Wednesday night if you guys want to watch something on Wednesday night. Um, but... We're not we're not going to be doing our Wednesday night show because we've got a lot of work to do to prepare for season three and some changes and things that we're doing behind the scenes, uh, but we will be doing a Thursday night unhinged show. So if you guys want to watch that, that is the one where all the people who subscribe to us on Rockfin and locals and everywhere can send us uh, whatever TikToks or mailbag yeah. questions or short video of, of a question that you want to ask us or something and we'll react to things. We'll answer questions. We'll talk with you guys. Uh, just kind of a thing where we can hear from you guys more and respond to you guys in a way that's uh, really fun for the people who come over and support the show. So that's next Thursday. So go to conspiracybuild.locals.com. Send us uh, whatever you want us to react to. If it's a TikTok or a YouTube video or a question or whatever. Anyway, 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 there is a big story going on right now, Abby. Yes. yes. And it's not it's not the, the title of the show tonight we're going to get into in a little bit. We're yeah. going to be talking about all the stuff. We're going to talk about demons and the computers and all that stuff because I found a crazy video that we're just going to react to tonight. It's like five minutes long, but it blew my mind. But right now we have this this wonderful question being asked. I want to I want to get your opinion on this. Are masks making a comeback? We get this from Contagion Live, and it says as reported cases of COVID nineteen and hospitalizations increase, companies and universities are considering mask mandates for indoor facilities. Uh, it goes on to say in a recent in a response to recent increases in COVID-19 cases uh, at or cases at the company movie studio Lionsgate has required masking at its Santa Monica flagship office, according to a company email. It's also happening at universities. Basically, people are starting to l actually not just talk, but literally implement mask mandates again and kind of go for this COVID-19 fear narrative round two. Uh, I want to get your your thoughts on that. Did you did you think this was going to happen? Do you think it's kind of going to fizzle out and go nowhere? I okay. I have like no faith in people. Yes. Because <laughs> I posted today. I was like, look, if you if if you wear a mask again in twenty twenty, knowing everything that we know, knowing why they they did this, if you wear a mask to keep your job in twenty twenty three working for people who hate you and everything you value, you deserve tyranny. You, you deserve yeah. it. 
and I had people defending their de- their decisions to me. And I, I and I said it right there. I was like, look, I don't. It's it makes sense in 2020 if if you didn't you know you were stuck in that job. You didn't know it was going to happen. And then it wasn't easy to switch jobs in the middle of 2020. But by 2021 and 2022, a whole bunch of the liberals refused to go back to work and good people were desperate for employees. And if you in three years didn't choose to go work for a better person, then you deserve it. And you're still in 2023, get a mask up to keep your, I'm sorry. Like you deserve tyranny. And, and there's way too many people who are just that complacent, like who aren't willing to, to take even a, a slight inconvenience, a slight cut in pay, aren't willing to do anything to actually stand up for anything. They'll just well, yell about it on the internet. A lot of people I know don't actually value themselves uh, as much as they as their companies do. Because <laughs> I realized yep. this myself. My company was like, no, you have to wear a mask. You have to do this, you have to do that. And I'm like, I'm not doing it, dude. I'm not doing I'm like, that. There's a, there's a, there's a sh- truck driver shortage. You're not going to fire me over yeah. this stupid thing. <laughs> and they never did. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Uh, and if more people and, and eventually people are just like, oh, man, I guess I can't like bully this guy into doing this <laughs> this stupid thing that doesn't work that we all know doesn't work. Yeah. And we're all doing it knowing it doesn't work and knowing it's literal insanity. And it's three years after the fact, whatever the yeah. hell they're still masking it. But people were just like, oh, it, it actually started to make a difference. Other people were like, oh, I can I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't have to play this this stupid make believe and, and fit into this narrative. And other people started taking off their masks. I'm like, all it took is one person just being like, yeah. you know what? Fire me, I'll go somewhere else. I can get a job somewhere else. I'm not that worried about it. Or don't, because I know that you value my my job. Uh, we all know better now. Yeah. We all know better now. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to... If a grocery store doesn't want my money, I'll go shop somewhere else. I am not doing it again. Yeah. The only thing again. I'll do is like a, a doctor, doctor's office that like... That is the only one that I will because I just don't have, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel have like the options. I, yeah. I don't have the option. And I'm just like, this is the one place where I'm just not going to fight it. And I know that maybe some people are like, Oh, yeah. everybody wears a mask in the doctor's office. Yeah. The nurses think it's dumb. Actually, the last time I went, I didn't wear one and nobody, and they told me to, and then they didn't make me. So, yeah, but I'll than, like wear it over time, one ear. <laughs> yeah. Last time I went to the doctor, I was pissed off. So <laughs> I walked in there. I was like, I'm not wearing a mask today, dude. And they're like, oh, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, like if we don't start doing that, yeah, we, we will get it. Like they, I, I said this in 2021 before it ended, I was like, they're going to keep making us do this as long as we let them. Like it wasn't until people started saying, nope, not doing it. And it, mm-hmm. it tipped it where they, they, they pulled back the restrictions. Right. So it, it it's the compliance that encourages that behavior. We we are literally asking for tyranny when we say, okay, every time they do this. And so, people didn't put up any fight last time. I know yeah, some of the people who are just like, oh enough. yeah, this is stupid. And then they're wearing a mask in like literally everywhere, literally everywhere yeah. out in the park. You know, if someone at Walmart looked at them funny, like, okay, okay. I'm like, that Walmart greeter is not going to tackle yeah, you what are they force do? a mask on you or kick yeah. you out of the store. Yeah. It was so funny. When I walked into Walmart, they'd be like, you need to wear a mask. So I'm like, cool. Just kept walking. They don't do anything, but everybody's yeah. so afraid of like the, the social fear 
is so much for people. It's like, what are you going to, these are the same people who are like, oh, take my gun from my cold dead hands. But yeah. you know, if yeah. a Walmart grader looks at me funny, I'm going to comply. That's the thing. Like, I'm like, you are not brave enough to stand up for the smallest thing. You, you are sure as fuck not shooting some guy coming for your gun. You're going to hand that thing over. <laughs> Like a little bitch, because that's what you are. Well, they only wanted the assault rifle, so I mean, I'll keep my pistol. <laughs> well, they only wanted my pistol, so I'll keep my knife. Yeah, no, I, I've said this before. I think the whole, I think a lot of the whole, okay, let me put it this way. People will say, if the government's really as evil and corrupt and blah, 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 as you think they are, then you wouldn't be allowed to have a gun. And I'm like, dude, the Second Amendment's a psyop. Yeah. The Second Amendment is a total psyop because they know that if people feel secure by owning guns, and look, you should own guns. I own guns. Yeah, I'm absolutely. A, I'm an advocate. <laughs> but a lot of people feel secure in saying things like from my cold, dead hands, yeah. Molon Lave, you know, whatever, but they won't actually do anything. And no. everybody knows this. Everybody yeah. knows that you will piss them off more if you confiscate the gun than if you let them keep the gun in their household and then are tyrannical in literally every other way yeah. because people are afraid of a Walmart greeter. Uh, it's just true. I think the second amendment, it, like it's a great, wonderful thing. I think a lot of the way it gets talked about today is a psyop. Yeah. Anyway, I love the people who are like, if they steal the election in 2024, <laughs> that's the last straw. I'm like, well, sweetheart, you didn't do anything when they stole it in 2020. You didn't do anything when they stole it in 2022. You didn't do anything when, when they raided his house. You did uh, Trump's house. You didn't do anything when they indicted him. And then when they indicted him again and again and, and again. again, you're still not doing anything when they indicted his lawyers for yeah. defending him. I don't believe you. You're little bitches. You. You're not going to yeah. do anything. Yeah, unfortunately. But in 2024, that's the one. That's I'm telling the you, last that's, straw. That's that is the gonna, line. It's one of those. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me have him. Let me have him. Hold me back. Hold me back. Hold me back. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh, like when, when I said on Twitter, they're going to use the point of the Trump indictment. They're going to use this to find a way, rewrite a law, find a sneaky little reason to take his picks off off the Supreme Court. And people are like, they would never get away with that without violence. Yeah, they would. Yeah. <laughs> yes, They're they like, will. they can't legally do that. They don't care. Are, do you think these people care about about the Constitution, about the law? Like, have you not been have you not met them? Have you not been here for the last four years looking at everything that I'm looking at? Of course they will. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like when people are like, well, the Constitution is not just a piece of paper. You know, some people say, oh, the Constitution is a dead piece of paper. No, it's not. It's the law of the land. I'm like, but nobody's following it. So it literally, is, like it, it depends on how it's enforced. If it's not enforced, then it literally is a dead piece of paper. I understand in yeah. principle it shouldn't be, but you've allowed it to become a dead yeah. piece of paper. Because the whole point of it was if you break this, yeah, we will rise up and with our Second Amendment and defend it because that's what they did. They were the founding fathers were like, look, this is the law of the land and you're breaking it. You're breaking contract with us. Therefore, we're our freedom expected yeah. us to do that too. If our government started to, the constitution wasn't for the government. The government was never going to hold to that. It was for us to know when the line had been crossed. It's exactly what it was for, but nobody, yeah, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. But yeah, no, I, I was reticent to even bring up the COVID thing for the last few weeks because I'm like, I kept seeing the stories, you know, yeah. oh, they're going to implement mask mandates and there's a new variety. And I'm like, are people going like, I wasn't convinced two weeks ago. Yeah. That people were going to to step right back into Go it. Go for it again. And now I, the reason I think people will is because so many people are talking about it, even though it's like kind of a blip story Yeah. that I think they're trying to 
sell themselves on uh, either hype themselves up to be like, I'm not going to wear the mask because some people literally won't. Some people yeah. have learned their lesson and other oh, yeah. people are like looking for the excuses. And I just wondered, I want to know what you're, if you thought, is this another one of those like, because they've done this a lot over the last year, but this one feels different. Like they might actually try lockdowns again. I mean, we're coming into an election year. Yeah. Do you think it's because they need to sell the mail-in ballots again? I don't know. I think it's just because they can. And my yeah. other question mark has been, are they confident they built up enough resistance that now it actually is deadly? That was my other question. Did they actually put out the virus that they intended to put yeah. out? And, and, and in that ago? case, the masks are still, I'm still not masking because it's not going to help. They're still useless. They're, they yeah. don't work. I mean, it, it, the principle of it's bad, but like yeah. they don't work anyway, which just makes it uh, stupid. Yeah. yeah. Cause we got this from uh, CNN. Let me see if I can show you this one. It says it may be time to break out masks again. And now they're trying to put like in this graphic, as you can see on the screen, they're like, yeah, here's three and six feet, but like the real danger zone, it's nine to 12 feet. So let's what? make sure you're even further apart. Yeah, no, the, now they're doubling the, uh, the distance they want you to stay apart. Cause that 12 foot zone, that's the danger zone. Yeah, no, they're going to yeah. keep pushing it as long as they keep getting away with it. And yeah, they've continued to get away with this stuff. So yeah, now we've got the celebrities out here pushing this nonsense again. Jamie Lee Curtis and we're back. No, not Michael Myers. Gosh, can, have you ever done anything else? But, <laughs> <laughs> true crimes uh, or no, is it true crimes? True lies. That was the only movie you did. Yeah. That was good. Uh, <laughs> but masking will be COVID is on the rise. So many friends now are really sick. Be my, I think we need to do the thing when they put all caps. We need to oh. both like, sh okay, let's read, yeah, let's read yeah. this again. And we're back. <laughs> no, not Michael Myers, but masking will be COVID, COVID. is on the rise. So many, so many friends are now really sick. <laughs> be, be mindful. mindful. Wear, wear a, mask. a mask, even if required, <laughs> if required, or even if you feel unwell or out in the public spaces. Amazing. Ugh, these people are the worst. These people are so insufferable, stupid. insufferable. Yeah, but uh, it's. The question is like, are you willing to give up something? Are you willing to give up literally anything to protect mm -hmm. your freedom? Literally anything. Are you willing to not eat out for a while if they won't let you in? Are you willing to take those inconveniences or are you just a little bitch? <laughs> are you willing to let the Walmart greeter think less of you? Yeah. You know, yeah. Sometimes that's the barrier that is too high for people. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. That's a that's a low barrier, guys. I was gonna point that out. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, COVID's back. Yay. No. I. I. I the last thing I want to say on this is that with the Maui stuff, and we were supposed to do an yeah. episode on Maui last week on Unhinged. I had internet issues. We are gonna do it tomorrow. Luck, uh, luckily, some more information came out, so I'll have an even better show for you guys tomorrow on the Maui stuff. But I, I'm, I've been convinced for years that the lockdowns were coming back. Yeah. I just really thought or still think that they're going to try it with climate change. But I think the point is, if they can implement lockdowns, if they can keep you in your home. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter yeah. what way they do it. So maybe they're realizing that the climate change isn't going as well for them. This is the, the narrative always goes this. Climate change, climate change, climate change, climate change, scare, scare, scare. Oh, people did. It didn't work. Well, let's try something else. Yeah. And then as soon as that wears off, they go back to the climate change narrative. It's, it's their filler. Yeah. Climate change is the filler, is filler to keep you in fear until they have a new narrative to put in place. It's what 30, 40 years of this at this point. It was global cooling in the seven or yeah, global cooling in the seventies and global it's, warming. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, I'm just saying I will not be shocked if lockdowns are attempted uh, by next year. So anyway, let's get back into the show. Let's look through what we've done in season two of done? Conspiracy Pill. What have we done? So season two, episode one was the Titanic conspiracy, disaster, fraud, or curses. <clears throat> and this was an interesting start to season two. Yeah. Because we had another interesting Titanic-related thing happen. Yeah. <laughs> like it, shortly afterwards. Shortly afterwards. Which, by the way, guys, I'm I was looking through our episodes today and then Googling things to see if any news was out yeah. any of this stuff. I was shocked by how many things we talked about, and then within two months, it was like in the mainstream narrative, even old things. Yeah. So the way I don't know how we're doing it. I don't want to make too much of it, but like the way that we're right in the zeitgeist is is amazing. Uh, I think there was something I heard about what was it called again? Ocean Gate or Ocean Gate? Yeah, was the name of the company. So they already had the conspiracy name in place before the whole thing imploded. Yeah. But the um, I found out that people barely people barely talked about it and the the. I think it was so out of the news cycle and people were all talked out about it by the time this information came out. But remember when we were saying, yeah, the Navy knew because they heard the explosion. I wanted people, to. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and people were like, ah, you know, maybe they didn't know it was the explosion. They heard a sound. They couldn't confirm until no. The Navy had all of the communications between the ship and the submarine. They knew exactly what happened, exactly when it happened. Like we got further confirmation that they they knew exactly. So, yeah, this is and yet they spent millions and millions of dollars looking for these people for three days. This is what's so funny about the story is we uh, first episode of season two is to the Titanic, right? And then you have the the Titan, which mm-hmm. is looking at the Titanic and mirrors the story. It's literally yep. named after the book. The Titan Titanic disaster was named yeah. after, essentially, right? Like the whole thing. It's all there. So people are looking back at the whole Titanic conspiracy stuff again. And we did an episode on unhinged called Titan submarine, real tragedy or real distraction. Yeah, we did this the day that yeah. they found that the, t- the Titan had imploded. So yeah. I was planning on doing it anyway, because we were told the whole week that that Thursday at 11 a.m., we were going to find, they were going to run out of oxygen. They only had, that was their deadline, right? Yeah. Their deadline was Thursday at 11 a.m. So I watched the news all day and was adding to my notes all day throughout the day before we went live with this. And we went live at seven. And I said in the beginning of our episode, I was convinced that they knew this thing had imploded Mm-hmm. that all of the SOS fake uh, knocking things that we're hearing was bullshit because they bullshit. were not SOS and they weren't rhythmic in any way. That's not a human noise, just random noise from the ocean. And I said, they knew this the whole time. They had to have known that this thing imploded. There's no way they don't know. That's why the, America didn't even send a submersible to go look for it. France yeah. did, which is weird because it was off the coast of Nova Scotia. Oh, and we God. have both Canada and America have submersibles that could go pick it up. Anyway, so I said that while we were live. Yeah. This story came out right here. U.S. Navy heard what it believed was Titan implosion days Days ago. ago. Underwater microphone designed to spot enemy submarines first detected Titan tragedy. So they knew the moment it imploded that it imploded. And then they led everybody on a wild goose chase and kept it in the media for days and told you exactly when they were going to find out. And at 11 a.m. on that Thursday, they found wreckage. They're going to run out. We were told for a week, 11 a.m. 
that's when we're going to know if they, they're going to run out of air. And exactly at 11 a.m., they found wreckage. Yeah. They knew they were, they were milking this along. And actually, the original timeline said they would have run out of air the day before. So they had to add another day of air they wouldn't have even had yeah. to keep you distracted. And they did. All when they had all this communication between the, the boat and the submersible. Yeah. Where the submersible was like, we're getting warning lights um, on, our, on our hull. And then we're going to try to come back up. They try to come back up and they kept communicating about how little um, progress they were making as the hull continued to crack. Um, So yeah, they knew (laughs) they knew exactly when it blew up and not just because they heard the explosion like we first thought. So yeah, better evidence emerged. So very interesting that we started season two with the Titanic. Yeah. Uh, So then let's see uh, season two. Right after that, we started our Bible streams. We did Revelation study part one. It's the end of the world as we know it. And this was one of those things that we were saying in the beginning. We were like, we're just going to try stuff. We're just going to do things this season and just see what happens. And uh, we had been talking about Revelation in a few different, you know, it always comes up in conspiracy stuff. The end of the world is, you know, always in conspiracy stuff. And we're like, I would just want to understand the book of Revelation more. I want to make sure that I've read it thoroughly. And then you pointed out to me that it says in the very beginning of Revelation, blessed are the people who read this and and share it with people. So we just want to do something that we thought was was right for us to do. And we didn't expect anybody to watch this or show up or whatever. We're just like, we're going to read it. We'll do it live. See if anybody hangs out. And this has become something people love. We have continued. We did all of Revelation. We did Matthew 24 and 25. We're on Ezekiel now. Um, and I just never expected that we could start a conspiracy show and do Bible study with people and people would show up and be, be all about it. So that was, uh, one of those blessings that I, I didn't foresee coming. So it's been really special. You guys, thank you. So thank you guys for that. Let's see. What do we got? Taylor Swift, satanic clone episode two season two. This one was, this one was Abby's show. This one was fun. Do you have any thoughts? This uh, was also so prescient because yeah. she wasn't even touring at this point And now she's been doing this wild tour and we need to talk about it. I think in TikTok reacts there's like, I need to do a whole episode on her or something yeah. because there's all these reports of people like completely forgetting her entire concert, completely losing time. They're like, she's doing actual witchcraft. She's doing this you know, these <laughs> rituals and, and things. It's it's wild. <laughs> this article came out a month after we streamed that episode, and it says Taylor Swift promotes witchcraft on tour in Willow performance. And there's a video. Uh, oh, shoot. Why did it do that? Can we watch? Well, can we watch on Instagram? Can you see this? I, I think I, yeah, there I can see it. I can't hear it. I don't have a sound. Oh, okay. on. I just wanted to show it. But yeah, just like this whole thing became a thing like a month afterwards. It's like yeah. the Taylor Swift is uh, into witchcraft is promoting witchcraft. People are having, like you said, lost time events, yeah. possession, like all this crazy stuff is going on at Taylor Swift concerts uh, just a month after that episode. And actually, if you look on Google uh, and you type in Taylor Swift promotes witchcraft, it's just tons and tons and tons of articles Yeah, uh, from April of this year about uh, her tour and Willow and, mm-hmm. uh, all, all this stuff about witchcraft. So basically the point of that episode was she might not be a satanic clone, but she's very much satanic. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was the conclusion. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was interesting. Then we have project Stargate was uh, episode three. That one was fun. Uh, Cause we talked about, 
you know, the CIA's remote viewing stuff. And I feel like it's come up a few other times. Uh, some has. of the names in that came up in the Nazi UFO stuff. Um, and then one of the interesting things with that episode was that we, uh, I wasn't going to talk about dowsing rods, but then we started, we, I was like, eh, it, let's, let's this just fits. do it. Yeah. And I've gotten so many messages and comments from people that are like, the military's not okay with using like magnetic fields to determine where lines are buried, which works. Right. I know uh, I've got a ton of people write me since being like, Hey, I'm an electrician and I do this for work sometimes because it's how I find a buried line Yeah. or I'm a, you know, whatever I, my dad did internet buried internet cable. Yeah. And that's what he would do is use these, what they call dowsing rods, uh, which is essentially you hold these two metal rods. You just take like uh those little flags that you put yeah. on the edge of property when you're marking stuff, yeah. they would just bend them and you hold them in your hand loosely. And when you step step over top of a buried line, they go straight up and point at each other. And he, every time you do it, it's directly underneath you. I don't know how it works. It's some kind of like magnetic thing. Yeah. But uh, the military thought that was witchcraft. <laughs> so I wouldn't let people do it. But they're like, but you can view Mars in your dreams mm. <laughs> and and uh, so that was that was an interesting episode. Uh, let's see. We have Atlantis and the Empire of Poseidon. Does it exist? This was when we started to get to know Jimmy Corsetti and it's been a lot of fun. So because I didn't mm. even know about him before I started researching for this um, yeah. and then we've been talking on Twitter. So this was a lot of fun and then this was, I think at the start of this season, I was so obsessed with trying to figure out the pantheons and trying to figure out like who was who in this demonic fallen angel legion. And then I think I just came to the conclusion that they present in different ways at different times. And the more disparate the cultures are, the more disparate the presentations are because they really tailor themselves to what the culture is going to respond to. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, this was interesting. And then oddly enough today on Twitter, because like you said, you, we've talked with Jimmy. Cor you've talked with Jimmy Corsetti yeah. and uh, we're going to meet him in October, which will be really cool. Yeah, but he tweeted this. He's been tweeting a lot of conspiracy stuff yeah. lately, and I really, really, really love it. But he tweeted this out today and I was just like perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, hold on, Let me zoom this up a little bit. So it says this is wild. The highly anticipated Starfield game takes place in a massive city called New Atlantis. <laughs> And look what's briefly shown in the release trailer, the eye of the Sahara. So if people are not familiar, Jimmy Corsetti's whole thing is that he believes the eye of the Sahara and he's got maps and all kinds of documentation to prove it was the lost city of Atlantis. Yeah. And it actually make I of all the ones I think that makes the most sense. So very interesting that even video games are picking up on the eye of the Sahara and putting it in their in their stuff. So that was pretty interesting. That, that was today, too. So um, I realized I forgot to do one thing. I went through these episodes and I tried to grab some of my favorite comments. So I want to go back and read a few and then I got to remember to read them as we're going. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on the Taylor Swift episode, we had a comment from Duralian Duralian. And it says Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. Keep telling the movie jokes. We get it. Even if Abby doesn't. So I just had to say, I appreciate you for understanding my Ace Ventura reference on yeah. that one. And I will keep quoting movies because that's just who it's, I am. And it's I funny. It. It's funny that you always do that. And then the chat gets it. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> and then on the Stargate episode, we have one from Damon trigger that says, why is it always spoons? Why isn't every podcast about wild sex parties? We may never know. <laughs> 
So I don't know what the sex party thing was a reference to. I'm sure it was in the pro- the Project Stargate thing. But yeah, they're always bending oh, spoons. Yeah. Why is it always spoons that they're bending? Yeah, because it's, I think it's probably because it's easy to fake, but. Pr- probably. I don't know. Silver? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You think they use actual silver? And then he's like, yeah, anyway. So let's see. We've got the next episode after this was a very interesting one. Did you, unless you had anything else, San Atlantis. No, we can keep going. Okay. So we've got vampires, werewolves, Nephilim. Oh my. Oh my. This was the, this was the hardest show to record. Yeah. You want to tell this story really quick? That was- sure. This is when we started to really struggle with tech. Like things have been going really well. And then all of a sudden, just the internet on your end started to go down and we couldn't, we started the episode live like we always do it and we had to turn it off and then wait a couple hours and try and we were just recorded it and then uploaded it later. It was, it was <laughs> very the first, late it night. was the first episode. I think the only episode we ever didn't do live. Um, yeah, I think it is. And uh, it was the first episode that we tried to do live. And like you said, we got 45 minutes in and it was yeah. so bad, was so bad that we had to leave. And then as soon as we left, my internet was out for hours. Yeah. And I have two, I think at that point, my had internet the backup. Was, yeah. I already had the backup because I was worried about this happening because yeah. my internet was cutting in out, but it never interrupted a stream. It was just kind of like on my off Iffy day, it wouldn't bit, work. Yeah. So I had two forms in it. Both of them were out. So we didn't, we couldn't record it or we couldn't stream it. We had to wait hours to record it. And then it was a, it was a pretty long episode, but we recorded it at like midnight. Yeah. And then after we recorded, it, it took me 24 hours of uploading it and uploading and uploading and it failing and making me re-upload it again. <laughs> Um, which is very, (laughs) very interesting, but this is another one of those things where something, you know, kind of crappy happens and then something really interesting comes out of it. Yeah. And this, uh, in particular was, uh, uh, our friend Trevor had tweeted about our struggles on, Mm -hmm. on Twitter and, uh, tweeted at, uh, Tony from the confessionals Mm -hmm. and, uh, we ended up getting to go on the confessionals and talk to Tony and, uh, make a, make a really interesting friendship there. We actually just watched his new documentary the other night. Yeah. It was a really fun live night of, of that premiere and they did such a good job with it. And then I got to meet Tony when I went down to Nashville for things. I can't, I can't wait till I can talk about it because it's so exciting what I did in Nashville. Um, and I'm hoping that some, t- I think it's November, hopefully that I'll be able to talk about it. That's at least the timeline I heard back then, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So the confessionals, that was fun. Um, yeah. Also, I got a couple of comments here and then I have a few other things I want to get to on this one. So we have one from Jowry that says, I've been interested in reading the book of Enoch. However, when I try to purchase, there are tons of versions or tons of versions, any recommendations or a link. And I actually do have a recommendation for you. So I'm going to throw this up on, you're going to grab yours. Okay. I think we have the same one. So this is the one that I bought. Let me see if I can zoom up on this a little bit. And uh, if you guys want this, I'll drop a link in discord and, and telegram and stuff, but it's called the books of Enoch, the angels, the watchers and the Nephilim with extensive commentary on the three books of Enoch, the fallen angels, the calendar of Enoch and Daniel's prophecy. And the reason I recommend this one so highly is because it doesn't just drop you into a second temple period book without any context. It actually does a lot of uh, commentary. It talks about what the church fathers said about it. It quotes them and it gives all kinds of, you have the same one or I don't think so. I think I have a different one. Um, I have this one on audible and I'll tell you this, the audible version is a little weird, but (laughs) 
uh, the context is super, super, super helpful. So it's not just the books. It's like kind of a study guide on the whole thing and understanding them and the, how they found them in the Nagamati and all that stuff. So if you want to not only read the books of Enoch, but really understand the context surrounding it, uh, I recommend this one again, it's called the books of Enoch, the angels, the watchers and the Nephilim. So, uh, and it's by Joseph Lumpkin. So nice. yeah, uh, that was um, one question we had. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I think your recommendation is good. I just have a copy where. Is, are you? Okay. Sorry, you <laughs> were cutting out, but well, I can't but... tell if it was you or me. Um, just the verses are, it's just presented well. I think it's presented well, but I don't know about the, the extra stuff isn't necessarily in here. So gotcha. anyway, what, whatever you guys want, you can choose PJs. Or, or mine, <laughs> yeah, you know, mine, whatever. For sure, for sure. <laughs> we have another comment from Arvolt24 that says, Abby's comment about epigenetics and how, quote, we needed to know the difference between an evil thing that looked human and real people gave me serious pause. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. like why we, have, why we have fear of certain things. And I don't think you said it in that episode, but a lot of people have asked us to do the Nephilims or clown stuff. Yes. And that is part of it is this this there's this fear of clowns that we can't understand. And maybe it's because <laughs> Nef- they're based on the looks of Nephilim with the red oh. hair and, and, and the whole thing. So um, I actually do have an update for you guys on that. I got a hold of Paul Stobbs. He is going to come on the show. Yes. So uh, if you guys are fans of, of his work and if you want to hear about uh, how clowns are literally based off the Nephilim and how the ringling brothers were illuminati <laughs> freemasons i love it i'm so excited it's all there it's going to be a very interesting episode i don't have a date for when we're going to do it or record it or whatever um that one will have to be a pre-tape because he lives in the uk but that and one's we'll probably put it episode. out around halloween we're not, i'm not gonna that w- that's that's what i'm It'll hoping for yeah. yeah yeah so be a great halloween episode uh so anyway let's get it to the title of tonight's show so i called mm. this show uh, what did I call this show? Demons in the, Demons in the machine. In the machine. That's right. And that's because today, just I was actually going through Paul Stobbs stuff about the Nephilim clowns in yeah. some of my, in my free. PJ, come back. Is PJ gone for you guys? You back? Can you hear me now? Yeah. I'm having internet issues again. Don't uh, <laughs> Now that we're talking about the episode with the internet issues, my internet's ah, having issues. Let's go. So we'll see what happens. So anyway, I was watching Paul Stobbs stuff today about the Nephilim clowns and this video popped up for me called why geniuses hunt demons for sport. And in this video, they explain exactly what we talked about at the end of our vampires, werewolves and Nephilim episode that technology is po- that it's, I think it's possible anyway. That yeah. that the the dead Nephilim spirits that we know as demons are not just inhabiting maybe the greys or maybe they're making, you know, uh human human animal hybrids and stuff like that, but maybe they're inhabiting tech and AI, and that's been the purpose all along. Yeah. This one I I'm, I want to play a video, it's like five minutes long. We're gonna pause it, it and talk throughout it. But this is to me so interesting because it's it's what we're saying, but it's coming from like mainstream academia. Because they're rephrasing it as in, it's a good thing, actually. So there are demons in your computer, but it's good. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's good. So, okay, let um, me, uh, sorry. Gotta throw when PJ up. told me this existed, I was like, I got to hear this to believe it. Because 
sounds wild. Yeah, just tell me whenever you want me to pause. Okay. Oh, tracking the references to the word demon. These are creatures that are thought up by scientists in order to push the boundaries of the research, to think beyond what is known. Computers are a great example where I could see where these ideas, you know, these imaginary beings drove research forward. How do we go from those very first robots to AI and try to figure out if scientists' own use of the term demon had something to do with what drives people to figure out what part of it can be made real. They're actually building these. So just right off the bat, it's demons aren't real. Scientists had to invent them, but it's important that they call them demons. And it's important that they use the concept of demons to do wonderful things with tech. Yeah. So that this it's drove a good them thing. Forward. First of all, she's wrong that demons don't exist. Smarter people than her for, throughout all of history have realized that demons exist. I think she knows. That's my point. Right? <laughs> I think she knows. I think she knows. I think she's an apologist for the demons. Uh, but she's saying, well, you know, it's important that the scientists use the term demons and their concept of demons to gain knowledge and power. Mm -hmm. They don't exist, but they do exactly what everybody said that they do, yeah. which is trade knowledge for. Yeah. So oh boy. Yeah, let's, let's continue this one with what drives people to figure out what part of it can be made real. They're actually building these machines with these powers. They're building machines with demon powers, she says. So Laplace's demon was named after Pierre Simon Laplace, a French mathematician and astronomer. The term Laplace's demon is a retrospective label that was brought up all the way in the 1920s. Laplace called it an intelligence. Science had made great... Yes! Uh, <laughs> he was right. He called the demons an intelligence. Um, yeah, anyway. Progress, in particular with the loss of motion. We pretty much knew, you know, velocity, time, inertia, mass. And Laplace wondered, well, you know, if you know the loss of motion and you know where every particle in the world is at one time, then you can potentially put those two things together and be able to predict the future. And you can also know the past. So a person who knows these two things can potentially know absolutely everything in the world. Laplace's demon was extremely important and motivated Charles Babbage to create some of the first computers. It uh, inspired Ada Lovelace to actually wonder if one could ever build a computer that could think. Maybe we can build a computer that's practically indistinguishable from a human. So right there, the connection, this guy says demons are an intelligence yeah. and these people just happen to use his ideas to build computers and come up with the ideas of AI. Yeah. But they're not real. Remember that. They're an intelligence, but they're not, and, not and, real. And AI has always been the purpose of computers since the be since the beginning. It's like the dream. Exactly. It's it's so interesting how this works, how how they give us this technology, how the fallen angels hand us this technology. It's like they, they give you the dream. They implant the dream in you and they then they're like work toward this. Yeah. Like we it's. It's kind of like what I, we talked about with the UFO stuff. They yeah. gave certain, you know, t information to the Vril Society and they're like, work with this and make what we want yeah. you to make. They're like, hey, go to the moon. What, what humans, <clears throat> right. it, what would we, what would we be doing if we weren't chasing the dreams of beings that have like, they don't want what's best for us. That's, that's their dreams and their ideas. And we're chasing those around. Mm -hmm. Like, What should we have been building? Right. Yeah. So let's see where she goes with this. 
Sirsimen is a fascinating creature termed in the 1980s, named after Berkeley philosopher John Searle. And the question was, could there be a little creature sitting inside your brain, intercepting synapses from neurons to neurons? And he would sit in the middle of two neurons and you would have an idea or a synapse and the demon would take it and send it to another neuron. But this demon would do exactly what you would anyway. So if that demon could exist, then that was used as an argument by some people to argue that you could have artificial intelligences that were no different from human. Okay, I just want to pause and just, did you catch what she said? She said, the demon is going to go in your brain and it's going to connect synapses for you. <laughs> Something you could do anyway, but be yeah. based on this concept, if you have a demon living inside of you and it can function it can do inside that. of your mind. Yeah. It could also function inside the mind of an AI. That's literally yeah. with the whole point of that episode. Yeah. That we did. That's what we've been saying is that. <clears throat> that with a sufficient artificial intelligence, you yeah. could make it enough like a human to inhabit a demon where the demon doesn't have to fight the human inside. Right. The, the machine, right? It's almost like somebody who was possessed by a demon. The demon whispered to them, hey, you just got to build me another body and I'll stop tormenting you. Right. Almost like that. Almost exactly. If I didn't know any better, I would think that that's what happened. <laughs> Human biological intelligences, because you could have at the very basis of thought, this very simple machinic action replicate a human being. Sometimes these demons are spelled with an A, you know, it's Daemon. So one of the person who wrote the Unix manual, you know, one of the first computer languages said it was by reference to Greek demons, Daemons, because they did work behind the scenes. Whenever computers does automatic tasks that are done in the background, they're described as being done by computer demons. The very first architecture that was used to program these machines was called pandemonium. The word pandemonium <laughs> refers to the fact that whenever one of these demons, these subroutines, would hit a match, it would holler and it would invoke another demon. That demon was tasked again with doing another very simple activity. But therefore you could have an architecture in which the computer was not following a predetermined path but was by itself coming up with conclusions that we didn't know beforehand. And that became the foundation for early neural networks. So just want to point wow. this out there. They are saying that there are computers were connecting ideas yeah. and making decisions with some form of intelligence from the beginning. Yeah. That are, beginning. it's always had some type of artificial intelligence. And I want to read you this quote from, uh, well, this is from the Wikipedia, and it's talking about the Unix system uh, director or administrator. So it says, in the general sense, daemon is, is an older form of the word demon from the Greek. Uh, in the Unix system administration handbook, evil, uh, E.V. Nemeth, sorry, not evil, E.V. Nemeth states the following about demons or daemons. Many people equate the word daemon with the word demon, implying some kind of satanic connection between Unix and the underworld. This is an egregious misunderstanding. Daemon is actually a much older form of demon. Well, it's literally the same word. I just want to point this out. Like, yeah. we we say demon, but we get that from the New Testament where they're speaking Greek and they're yeah. using the word daemon. So it's literally the same word. Daemons have no particular bias towards good or evil, but rather serve to help define <laughs> a person's character or personality. 
Go ahead and believe that if you want. The ancient Greeks concept of a personal demon was similar to the modern concept of guardian angel eudaimonia is the state of being helped or protected by a kindly spirit. As a rule, this is the interesting part. As a rule, Unix systems seem to be infested with both demons and daemons. <laughs> Just saying it. Like, well, it's not the same because, you know, English translated the word without the A. So it's like saying color and color with a U are not the same thing. Yeah. It's like they literally are. But yeah, Uh, I'm just glad that they told us in their own words, in their own handbook, that their computer systems are literally infested with demons. So, yeah. And for early artificial intelligence. In computer science, there are all these software demons that that have been made by many, many people that have been improved and that are used for whenever we talk to Alexa or Siri. So it is a very important aspect of artificial intelligence to look at the history, see how it's actually made, how it is constructed in order to try to get a hold of it. Artificial intelligence is very frequently described as demonic. You know, Elon Musk says that it is like summoning the demon. So it's another of those aspects in the book, like atomic energy, where both scientists were literally using the term demon in their actual work, but also understanding these things as having, you know, potentially demonic consequences. The point here... Computers can... There's two things that are happening, and I, I think we'll stress it at the end, too, is that It's not that we're looking at this and saying, huh, I think this is demonic. No, the people who created it said so. They literally said so. And now academia is saying so again, praising it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 It's been in the mythology, in the notes behind the technology since its inception, building on itself and these ideas. Yeah. Simulate life processes such as the working of the human heart. So I do hope that by looking again at a very detailed history of artificial intelligence going back to the 1950s with Turing and in 1960s with Oliver Selfridge and these creatures that we have always thought of as little entities that can bend or break the laws of nature continue to be very useful in very common ways in order to push the boundaries of science and technology. By reference to this term, we can get a little bit more of a better grasp to what is it about AI that needs to be feared, uh, that is sort of demonic, and what about it is part of our tradition of working and building technologies that have the attributes of these creatures that we've always been fascinated with. Wow. (laughs) What if it's demonic? And what just has our cultural aspect of working with demons? Yeah, like it's... (laughs) Right. It's all demons and it's good, actually. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I did not expect to find a video like that in a million years. So the fact that it popped up on my YouTube feed this morning when I was putting the show together, I just thought it was very I Yeah, so. I, I'm almost not surprised by anything anymore. And that surprised <laughs> me. <laughs> All right, so let's see. That was uh, episode five. We got a lot of episodes to get through. We got Ohio, a hot spot of uncanny oh. phenomena. Yes, this was so f- this was so fun. And then we ended up visiting the um Cornhenge that I talked about in this episode. Yep. And uh, we never did put that footage out of any part of the trip. <laughs> we were we were thinking about it and then we just didn't. Yeah. Cuz we're both awkward, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> This was so fun. This is when I watched Ancient Apocalypse um for the first time and got a lot of information on the snake mound from there. 
this was just such a fun episode that like I'd never seen anyone do anything like it. And I think this was kind of the start of we don't do it every time, but every once in a while we do something that is completely unique that nobody else is doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm proud of this one for that reason. Yeah. And it was fun. And we, we did get a chance to, like you said, go see Cornhenge, go visit Ohio. And we even got to meet one of our favorite uh, cryptids yes. from Ohio, <laughs> uh, Joel Berry. So yes. that, was a, that was a fun it experience. It was a good day. Yeah. So <laughs> it was just, to me, it was hilarious that Ohio kind of became a joke in our, in our show since then. Yeah. So the fact that we got to go to Ohio and see Cornhenge and do this whole thing was very fun. We also have a comment here, my favorite comment from the show, which is, where did it go? Uh, it's from Nega Nate. It says, I'm just here as a concerned Pennsylvanian. <laughs> <laughs> talking about we went back to our talks on ai a little bit the the following week uh with u.s versus china whoever controls ai controls the world this has become so like true so quickly i've seen i don't even know oh i might have sent a tiktok to you about it but somebody basically explicitly said this that it's like yep we are in a technology race with ai 100 percent. and the idea behind this episode was we showed and it's conclusive it's one of the things that's like so conclusive some people call it a conspiracy theory and then if you just know where to look it just tells you uh, yeah. that that facebook is the darpa project life log that yeah all the people who funded that moved from from uh, darpa over to facebook peter Thiel was fu- funding both things um elon musk was in on this stuff early on too with with all these guys and that the whole idea behind it if you look deep enough is that they need the data from your interactions with people uh to figure out how ai would function like a human they were yeah. collecting your data for 20 years to make their ai and now they're doing it and at this time there was this story going around that elon musk wanted to pause uh ai because he was worried that we wouldn't know what to do with it and i i don't remember Just if it was like this that? episode I don't remember if it was this episode, but we did follow this up a few weeks later on Unhinged with Elon Musk and the digital god. Yeah. And I know in specifically by this episode, I was saying we were saying that uh, I think Elon Musk bought Twitter to compete with the AI people. He's compete with Mark Zuckerberg. He needs your data to make his AI better. And because at this point it was clear it had just been announced, I think, that Elon Musk did have an AI company. Yeah. Well, now we've got even more. This story came out yesterday, uh, which is so interesting that it's like all a lot of these stories are super recent. Like we just they happen to be perfectly timed for this episode. Yeah. Um, is uh, Elon Musk was reportedly working on his AI company while publicly calling for a pause on AI development, which was the thing that we Amazing. were saying is like Amazing. he doesn't want he doesn't want to pause. He wants you to pause. Yeah. And we can't pause because China won't pause. Right. And China needs to steal our data. Not because they care about through TikTok. Yep. Yeah. Through TikTok because they need to make their AI function. And the God. reason they need our data, I said, and I still believe this is because the, the citizens in China are so scared of their government. They're being watched all the time. They don't yeah. act normal. So their AI won't act normal. They can't get real usable data on how people react in, in us Chinese social media because they're censoring themselves too much. And I've been thinking about this a lot lightly because you know how Elon announced that he was going to get rid of the block feature. Yeah. What if it's because it's getting in the way of his AI collection? It's making too many echo chambers and not giving enough like actual interaction that he needs it to go away. It's funny because a lot of people keep saying he's a free speech guy and he's really not proving it. And 
to some degree he is, but like in other ways he's not. And I'm just thinking to myself, does he need to be a certain amount of free speech to get better interactions, to get better data? Is that, is that the purpose? I don't know. My point is like the moment that he announces he's got an AI company, now that he has the data from Twitter, he hands it over to someone who hates free speech. So it's like he got yeah. what he needed and doesn't care anymore. At least that's my thought. It looks it's that hard. It's it's really hard to figure out what it is that he wants or intends because he says things mm-hmm. and then the actual action is I, I've we've we've seen so many people lose their accounts. At first it was Jeremy's razor and then it was Annie. But I saw other people that I didn't that I didn't know. They're losing their accounts for no reason. Like yeah. not not even um, anything. Well, like yeah you know well then if you think about freedom of speech not reach is this new thing where they're like we're just going to tell you your shadow band so you'll you'll be able to post the stuff and we'll yeah. be able to collect the data but like I, I i put a post out where i made a joke about doctor who fans and whatever i said was so offensive that i got two people that saw it after 24 hours of posting it because you can see uh, how many people have seen it i'm like yeah. two people i don't get a ton of interaction on twitter because i'm not on it a ton but like I've got 3000 followers. I should get more than two people that yeah. saw it. But I mean, so. I support Elon suppressing the, the doctor who slander. I oh, support no. that. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where you crumble on your, on your uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my line. That's your, that's Everyone where free has a speech price. doesn't matter to you. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Next we have Georgia Guidestones and agenda 2030 with shipwreck show which was fan. She was fantastic. This was, was so fun. much fun. And another thing that just has continued to be so applicable, people have continued to talk about the the Georgia Guidestones and it came up again. The Georgia Guidestones number of like the optimal population came up again in a show that we had no idea we were even going to do. Yeah. In the Pleiadians episode. It's amazing how much the research kind of, we we don't plan out our seasons ahead of time. We just week to week go, I think I want to do this. This is what yeah. I'm interested in right now. It's really driven by like what we're fascinated by at any given moment. But yeah, this was very foundational for later stuff. Yep. And the only, the only thing I want to say more about this episode uh, is that we did end up talking about the Rosicrucians in this episode, but barely. And that's a uh, thing that I really want to dive more into yeah. in the future, especially after getting into the Dan Brown box a little bit. The secret society <laughs> stuff has continued to come up so much. Yeah. And I know we have never, we haven't done an episode on Freemasons and Rosicrucians and things like that. We will get to that stuff eventually. And again, we're just really going by what we feel interested in and what we feel yeah. led to, to talk about. So uh, there's some things we'll try to plan out, but you know, it is what it is. So, <laughs> but I think it's I think it's worked for us. I think if we tried yeah. to stick to a schedule, we wouldn't have all the amazing things happen that have happened. So yeah, we try to schedule it out in the beginning. We try to yeah. schedule it like three months, and <laughs> we just bro- broke it all over the place. So yeah, yep. Uh, so then we did the Ark of the Covenant has been found? Question mark Is Holy War coming? And this this one was interesting because this is when the the Temple Society was like, yeah, no, we know where the Ark is. Yeah, and when we're ready to start World War Three, we'll go get it. Because it's uh, underneath the Temple Mount and it's held by the the uh, the, the Muslims essentially, yeah. right? And in this episode, we kind of skipped over the claims of of uh, Ron Wyatt, and yeah. I got a lot of comments about it. And I was like, well, I didn't include him because I was focusing on the Temple Institute and Ethiopia yeah. and, and some of these. You things. You did mention him though. Some people I were mentioned like, him how, briefly. How dare you not mention it? We did. But people were adamantly coming to me and saying, no, you're wrong. Ron Wyatt found the Ark and. Huh. So eventually I decided I was going to look into it 
and we I was able to go on to Quirks of Creation, which is another wonderful show on Hawkon. You guys should check out. We did an episode called Did Ron Wyatt Find the Lost Ark of the Covenant? And I'll just tell you this. If you haven't watched the episode, you should. But I am less convinced <laughs> than I was at the beginning that Ron Wyatt found the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> I think the guy is full of crap. Yeah. Uh, that was a very fun episode. So let's see. This was uh, this is one of your favorites. And I think one of your best episodes this season. The Tree of Life and Psychedelics. The Twilight Prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> another fun. completely unique thing that like no one else has done. Yeah. Um, just, and, and it ended up being incredibly foundational for other things later. Just, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about some of those. I want to read some of these comments really quick. So we've got one Do from, it. uh, fleet Lord, uh, Atvar says why people wasting time with this when the deep state and elite class is revolting <laughs> or re- yeah, revolting against U.S. and the Constitution. So uh, the reason I brought this one up is we get these comments sometimes. Like, why do yeah. you talk about these things? This doesn't matter. And I just want to go back and say certain things, we'll, and we'll point some out, like foundational things, things that happened in the past actually do matter uh, to understand them yeah. so you can see the patterns and you can understand the history. It is very important. I think if you don't understand, you're just doomed to repeat uh, it. And the other thing is, what do people want when they ask questions like this? So like, why do you talk about something that's spiritual in nature instead of the government doing this awful thing that we're going to get mad about and never do anything about? Yeah. And like, I think our whole point has been this whole time. It's like, you can be black pilled about the government and the state of the world, or you can under, you can, you can understand right. the, the full concept, the full and, and see that, we're not black pill because we win in the end. This is why yeah. we talk about spiritual matters. Exactly. This is why the spiritual warfare is actually, if you want as a person at home that is not going to pick up a rifle and go do something, quote unquote, do something as people say, like <laughs> with no thing, just do yeah. something. Someone do something. do something as long as it's not me. As long as it's not me. I'll, I'll, I'll means, be like right? 10 people behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, but if you actually understand that you do have a battle to fight. It's in your home. A lot of the times it's, it's in your own mind. A lot of times in your heart, the spiritual warfare stuff is the battle that you're fighting, fighting for your family and taking care of your family and your community is the battle that you're fighting. That is how you make the culture better in so many ways. And I think, you know, instead it's like, why are you not blackpilling us on the government being awful? It's like, well, we do plenty of episodes where we talk about the government being awful. That's the thing. If we were, if we were as miserable as you are, you wouldn't like the show. I know. Well, they you know? Anyway. Yeah. I just, I find it funny. When people are like, why aren't you talking about the thing I want this week? Like, this well, week. Cause I'm not you. Cause yeah. if I were you, then you'd be me and then I'd be you and I'd use your body to get the top. <laughs> you can't stop me no matter who you are. <laughs> I uh, messed that quote up, but that was another Ace Ventura one for you, Abby. So I figured it was, it, it was, it was well delivered. Yeah. So Probably. Uh, <laughs> If you were me, then I'd be you, and I'd use your body to get to the top. That's how it goes. Arvolt left a comment. says, in the Rumble exclusive of this podcast, PJ talks about Lewis Carroll briefly, drugs, pedophilia, Jack the Ripper. How is this not an episode of Conspiracy Pilled? This is funny because I did an episode with all of those things in it at one point with a different podcast. It was about Lewis Carroll being a pedophile and how he might be Jack the Ripper. (laughs) And all this stuff. So I've done the research on this. So if you guys want a, yeah. a Lewis Carroll, Jack the Ripper yes, please. episode, uh, yeah, we can, we can make amazing. that happen. So. Um, we are getting word in the chat from Jax that right now on Daily Wire Backstage, they are talking about Taylor Swift being a clone. <laughs> I swear, Michael 
or one of his writers, one of them, somebody watches this show because it's too many times have we seen our stuff pop up in particularly Michael's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. It's been a lot. Matt Walsh did a really funny um, alien. I need to watch that. (laughs) (laughs) Is Ben Shapiro an alien? Ben Shapiro might be an alien.com or something like that. I love that. Yeah. No, there are times where I'm like, I'm not trying to get my, you know, big head, but like, I'm, I'm sure certain people watch our show because I see things pop up and I love it. I love that, but it's, it's super cool. So, um, if, if one of Michael's writers watches our show, let us know. I mean, he came out with an, a conspiracy and inspi- expansion pack of yes or no. Like, and everybody tell tagged me. us in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on now. I Come on it. now. I love it. All right. So one of the things that oh, came boy. out of this episode, I know you were waiting for this. One uh. of the things that came out of this episode in particular was you were basically making the case that there is a push towards young women to push the Nephilim thing to say, hey, let's make all of your teeny bopper novels and even your really disgusting romance smut porn stuff uh, (laughs) about women sleeping with sleeping with uh, demons of all types. And you you brought up a a bunch of examples like uh, taken by my alien bodyguard. And I was (laughs) I looked this up the other day. I was uh, yesterday. I was showing my sister and reading the titles and laughing my ass off of these again. Uh, but one of them that you brought up, which was my favorite title of all of them, because oh it's the best title ever, is something called Titan Romancing <laughs> His Stone, Book One, A Gargoyle Daddy Dom Romance. And this became a joke in the chat for months, months until until a certain person who shall not be named, whose name is Jessica, Jess, <laughs> decided to, <laughs> to get everybody to raise a bunch of money and force us to read this book. And this is why. I say you guys are the worst uh, the chat worst. in the world, but we did. We both read this book oh. in its entirety, and we are going to <laughs> review it for you now. So here's the the, the cover art of Titan, a uh, gargoyle oh, daddy down. We're getting we we're getting comments on that show. There's the Nazi UFO episode, I think, where that happened. Yeah. And we're getting comments saying, I don't know why. I thought you kept saying gargoyle daddy down romance because you thought it was funny. I didn't know that was a title. The was actual like, literally in the title. title. Okay. I have I have to tell everybody this. Let's so <laughs> I had to walk into a physical store and buy this book. Okay. And I had to look somebody in the eye and I was so nervous about like looking you the had teller. to look them in the windows of their soul in the windows of their soul. I get up to the counter and the girl who rings me up is like, oh my gosh, I have this. I haven't read it yet. And I was like, oh, and she's like, she's like, I just really like books with that tagline she like she, she was she was trying to tell me she liked dom books but she didn't want to say it out loud and i was like that was way worse than looking a normal person in the eye like i was embarrassed for her <laughs> i didn't because I, didn't, I was gonna tell i was all prepared to tell the tailor i it's a bet i lost a bet i have to read this book you know but no no Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah so Let's talk about it. Let's talk oh, about God. it. So I listened to it on audio and that was worse. Somehow, <laughs> I'm I sure feel, it was. I feel like um, <laughs> it was everything you said it was right. Yes. Like this book was not just 
here's a woman who is in this weird relationship with this thing that's kind of maybe evil, but he's just misunderstood and yeah, to no. stand in for something. No, like it's so explicit in the whole book. First of all, it's explicit in the fact that it is just straight up like pornography. <laughs> yeah, no, there's okay. There's romance novel. I want to be really clear here because I, I think that like people get this confused all the time, especially men who never touch or read this stuff. But like there's romance novels that are the same as like a Hallmark rom-com with maybe tops one fade to black sex scene like like any any rom-com you've watched on TV those there are those and then then there's erotica and there's yeah there's yeah. um fabio and yeah yeah fabio this, horns now so not romance novels are not porn but this, this is book this was. is this book was <laughs> So first of all, it felt like she just kind of ripped the gargoyles off from that 90s cartoon, which I thought really funny. <laughs> uh, but my the first thing I noticed in, in this book is right in the beginning. It explains why there are gargoyles in the world, and that there's werewolves, and there's everything. And that's because there are creatures they call the strange. The strange. I'll just be a little bit more on the nose. Uh, that this character wants to get some strange. It yeah. Was, like it was a really bad pun. And uh, yeah, it's about a sex worker who... <laughs> has a relationship with a gargoyle. <laughs> Go ahead. I, you have, I, I have oh, something to say, but I didn't want to cut you off. No, I just, this is already so bad. And my it's husband's so in the bad. room, like poking around on, on Tell technology. I'm like, please leave so I can do this. <laughs> um, no, okay. But, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. You, you, you had marked some spots in this. I thought it right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, I really, I highlighted the crap out of it. Um, all the best parts. No. Okay. I thought it was going to be, I, I didn't, my contention was this is subtly leading women into wanting to sleep with demons. It's not subtle. Not it's, subtle. I thought it would be subtle too. So, okay. First of all, I'm going to redact because sometimes these quotes are from like <laughs> bad passages. This one might be fine. Um, <laughs> this is the girl talking. I hesitate too enthralled by the golden light radiating like a halo around Titan's dark horned form. He looks like a fallen angel. He looks like the devil. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. She makes it clear. She's attracted to him because he looks like a fallen angel or the because, devil. Yeah. She says I could believe he's a demon from hell at one point. In the yeah. Book. If he were to tell me he was a demon from hell, I'd believe him. Yeah. Um, from the very beginning and all the way through multiple times, he calls her in his head, in his mind thoughts, a best dollar I ever spent. Jax. Jax was the first person to give yeah. after Jess made this suggestion. And I honestly blame Jax more than Jess because everyone knows that the first super chats, what really gets it rolling. Yeah. So, Oh, I'm gonna remember I think, that. For I think a long answered Seder was the one that like gave the final amount that made <sighs> me have to read it. So yeah, yeah, we're gonna our memories are long. We're long gonna remember memories, this. Yeah, but every, you know, in his in his thoughts, he calls her siren over and over. And the first time they, they they've the author already set up that this is a world full of creatures. So the first time he calls her siren, I was like, oh, I thought this, she was a literal siren. A siren. Yeah, me too. And. But in the book of Enoch, 
what does it say about the women who slept with the fallen, the fallen angels? angels that they became sirens that they became sirens so the repetition of that was really interesting the plot it pretends to have let's talk it pretends <laughs> to have a plot right and the plot is that the gargoyles were built from stone by witches for the purpose of guarding this um, relic room relic room with all of this knowledge. Um, it's the Akashic records. It moves it around really it's in the ether yeah. and they have a key to access the Akashic records of all this knowledge and they get help from witches and werewolves yeah. and warlocks who want to access their deep magics. Yeah, and it, it says that's, that's about yeah. the whole plot. Yeah. They're looking for the keystone and it says the keystone will unlock knowledge lost for centuries. This idea of lost hidden knowledge. Um, but they, they have this, they call it a pole. Uh, each, all the gargoyles have a pole and it's pulling them toward this keystone. It's their, and the more purpose. that they talk about it, it's their purpose. It's what they were built for. It's what they were assigned to do. Their entire purpose is to protect this thing. And, and the, our, our main dude, our <laughs> Titan uh, he finds as he goes along that he is starting to be pulled from his purpose and he fights it um, for a long time. And then his conclusion, let me just read you a couple of these um, passages where he's kind of talking himself through this. Um, he's starting to notice that, that his pull is shifting. He's instead of being pulled to where he's supposed to be pulled to, he's being pulled toward her he says, it shouldn't be possible. I serve one purpose, um, protecting the relics of the strange, um, blah, 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 blah. And, and I can see that it is only go, um, slowly shifting my allegiance from, from one chosen for me to one I choose. Um, somebody, another gargoyle calls him out. He says, I know when a monster has been pulled from their purpose. I know the look. I see it in his face. This whole idea that um, there's a better quote in a minute. But yeah, but essentially what they're saying is that these yeah. fallen angels had a purpose and then their purpose was shifted to sleep with human women. Yeah. 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 And the, she calls the, him a fallen angel many times. Yeah. Like pretty but the watchers were and, and this is this is Aristotle's idea of disordered loves and misplaced loves is, is that the watchers were designed to care about human. They, be, they were supposed to care. They were supposed to watch over the earth. Mm-hmm. They just weren't supposed to go fuck women. <laughs> um, there's this other path. He says, I put, th- I put the keystone before you. I thought that that was what I was supposed to do. The pull. It confused me, controlled me. I let it mess with my head. I was so used to doing exactly what I was built for. I led my brothers in its pursuit. And in 700 years, you were the first being to make me question it, to make me question my, my purpose. Like my, my God gave me a purpose. It, I mean, in this story, the, the witch is designed, but like, seven makes years question is interesting it. because isn't, isn't that the time between Adam and, no, it would have been way more than 700 years, right? No. Between, I was thinking between Adam and uh, Enoch or whatever. Oh, interesting. No, I, I thought that, because we have also put gargoyles in the same category as greys. So I thought it was interesting that there's a lot of parallels to fallen angels, to the watchers yeah. in here. But there's also a couple of those parallels to, um, you know, being, being a being built out of stone more recently. Um, to be inhabited for, by a spirit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing, the last thing I want to say on this, cause I want to move on. Oh no, no. I have so many more things <laughs> you to have say. So many more. Can I say the one? 
Yeah, you can say the one. All right. I thought it was. In- <laughs> I thought it was interesting that more than once, but one time very explicitly, she talks about being a human sacrifice. Oh, yeah. I have this and they end up having the most uh, degraded sex imaginable <laughs> on top of a sacrificial table in a cave. Yes. Yes. So yes. that was that was interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to. Yeah. Hang on. Um, <laughs> as Titan yanks off my redacted and I'm laid redacted on the slab like a sacrifice before some ancient and terrifying God. Yeah. To, oh, you said God. You know what else is interesting? You point this out to me because you read it physically. Oh, so I, didn't I, see I need to get through these quotes first. Are you going Hang the on. Quotes? All right. Yes. I redacted and redacted on my altar. <laughs> I redacted and redacted and redacted on my rock altar. She just keeps saying it. Hang on. There's one. There's one more where she's like, it's later on. It's the thought is still in her head where she's like, I just want to be his human sacrifice. I just want to be a sacrifice. The chat is regretting this now. Good. <sighs> Good. Good. That's why I'm reading so much of it because <laughs> you guys need to know what you did. You need to know look, what you look did. what you've done. Look what you've done. Oh, okay. It is like being at the foot of an ancient monument. I want to worship him and lay myself out as a human sacrifice. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Okay. Not subtle. What were you saying? Not subtle. Not subtle. Not subtle. He he always says, "Oh my gods" and things like that. Or he says, "Oh my gods," and the and the G is capitalized. Yes, but you said she says she says, "Oh God," and it's not. She's talking to him very not subtle. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> in proper English, it would be the opposite. There's a very intentional. Yeah. Capitalization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I only have a couple more comments. I promise. <laughs> oh, okay. She's, um, they're having a little, you could just use your imagination. Um, I attempt to process pain and pleasure intertwining in what is nothing short of divine. Um, she, <laughs> The she says somewhere, okay, he is the most perfect being I've ever been with. And I think this is this is the pull of it is like No, Jax, we read it. We read the whole thing. Yeah, because I want to say he says, Did didn't you skim through the book? No. And I'm like, no, you paid us to read the book. We're yeah. dedicated to our craft. We have standard, yeah, morals. Yeah, I don't know. We have <laughs> none of those have work in this case. We have something. What is the word for integrity? We have integrity. There we go. When you make us, when you pay for us to read erotica, we read it. Um, And in my case, highlight all the good parts. Um, She, okay. So throughout, because it's a daddy Dom romance, she calls him daddy, which is honestly for me, maybe the grossest thing in the entire book. Um, But she's, at the end she's like thinking about it and about how she likes to call him daddy and she says that word that perfect title for titan Mm -hmm. and along the way i started to realize like it's not this is actually the the part of the book that fits the least because the word that she wants to put is lord yes yeah um and then i have one more complaint i said that was the last thing i have one more (laughs) i have this was this was just one though. <laughs> Just one more complaint. Besides all of the horrible. Okay, let's put it this way. I would sit down and read for like half an hour at a time. And there was only one sitting where I was like, oh, 
there wasn't a sex scene. That was so refreshing. We had all plot. It was the second to last one because it was the climax of the plot. Um, Don't say climax in this context, please. I'm so sorry. <laughs> in this context. Uh, I'm not. I'm uh. not sorry. <laughs> uh, hang on. Jax gave us a dollar and said he redoubled his, his uh, efforts because he felt bad for us. Or something. There was one scene that was like I wrote spirit cooking in the margin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of in there, isn't it? it yeah. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Where is this? Where is this thing that I have a, a huge problem with? Where is it? Okay, I, I'll just tell you. So he he's so rich. They never explain why he's so rich, but he he um he has all these priceless or, original paintings in his house. Oh gosh, this and there's this there's two there's two scenes in the first one he destroys a Vermeer and I was like what the fuck is wrong with you he just he just and like, then a Picasso he, and a few yeah, other things, and then yeah. yeah and then later he's like carrying her in and he doesn't he doesn't have to destroy them it's not like the situation where she's in danger and he has to choose you know her over the painting or whatever and and he's like I don't care about these paintings. I only care. Oh yeah. Okay. He's like, do you truly think I give a fuck about any single item in this place more than you? She says, it's a Picasso. Let me feel a little pain for what is literally millions at auction. And he said, if that painting gave you a paper cut, I would burn it. Um, this is art. This is the, these are priceless treasures of Western civilization. The point is not that it's expensive. The point is that there's just the wanton destruction. Yeah. And, and, there's this quote I've seen get really, really popular on TikTok. I'm going to butcher it, but it's basically like the hero will sacrifice the girl he loves to save the world, but the villain will burn the whole world for the girl he loves. And this is yeah. supposed to be this like defense of <laughs> villains are better, <laughs> but that, like that's not a good love that like a destructive. That's not a good love when, no. when you're destroying, you're giving up your purpose. You're you, obsessively focused on this one person there's nothing good about it yeah no it was not worth the two hundred dollars it was I <laughs> it was a thing i read and let me tell you guys let me tell you really quick it was 10 hours long on audible uh i listened to half of it before i realized i could speed it up so it was seven seven hours seven eight hours of my life that i'll never get back and <laughs> The the man sounded like uh, why can't I think of his name? The guy who played Hercules in the 90s TV show, except like an exaggerated version of that. And the woman, I swear she read the book a sentence at a time. And I mean this literally. She read it. Uh, when I sped it up, it was even yeah. more obvious because every sentence ended with a long, breathy last word, right? Yeah. Every single sentence in the book. It was so awful. And it was just, even if it was just like a regular thing, like I was doing the dishes. It was like, and then I did the dishes <laughs> every sentence. So yeah, I hope you all are proud of yourself. Yeah. I just yeah. want to point out that I burned my little romance. Kevin club Sorbo. Candle. That too. Thank you. Sounded like Kevin Sorbo, but more gruff. <laughs> yeah. Never again. I won't, I won't read any of these. And, and you guys can maybe all stop teasing me about liking this stuff. Because I don't. Um, <laughs> but you do know that the person who works at the bookstore does. So now you have that yeah. information to live with. Every time yeah. you go there to buy a book, 
you have to look her in the eyes and know that she's going to go home and read romance. Yeah, this, this. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, let's uh, please do. Yeah. So you guys are the worst. Uh, next. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, hold on. You know what? What a transition. I, what a transition. Let, let's do it. Let's let's go for a different transition really quick. Okay. Because I spent my money on this book, and so did Abby, and you guys did as well, right? Yeah. So we if all you want, lost out. We all lost out. Okay. But if you want to do something good with your money, what you guys could do <laughs> is go to northarrow.com and buy some coffee. Yes. Uh, why did this stop sharing the screen when I said that? I don't know. Ah! <laughs> I can't get this. I can't this transition. I wanted it to work and it just is not working because okay. I'm thrown off. By I've got it. Gargoyle gargoyle stuff. But yeah, you guys can go to North and get some fresh and delicious coffee. It is single origin. It is roast to order and 15% of every sale goes to pro-life organizations. Not only do you get really, really good coffee, you get to support a good cause. You get to actually spend your money on something that is not degrading and making the world a worse place. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, think about getting uh, some of their summer peach <laughs> loose leaf flavored tea, which is new. They've added teas uh, yeah, to the their teas, store I'm as so well. I have not had a chance to try the tea yet. I haven't either. But my wife is out of town. And as soon as she gets home, she's a, she's a big tea drinker. So I'm going to get her some. Yeah. So uh, North use code conspiracy 10 for 10% off. So anyway, that was that was still an awful transition. Let's let's try to get back to to this episode 11. We had Seth Dillon on and we asked the very important question that you guys were all dying to hear. Is Seth Dillon hiding the third joke? I uh, <laughs> I saw him when I was in Nashville and he yeah. was like, yeah, the questions were bad, but I made it fun. <laughs> I was so sick and we're like, there's serious questions we could ask Seth Dillon, the owner of the, the CEO of the Babylon yeah. B yeah. who just testified in front of Congress. Yeah. Let's ask him the <laughs> dumbest things we can possibly <laughs> ask him and just see how awkward and stupid it can be. And maybe that wasn't the content that everybody loved, but I thought it was hilarious. It was, I, I, had, a good, <laughs> I had a good time. PJ that show was, was very sick. Us. That he show was, was for us. I think it was like three quarters of the way in when he realized we weren't going to ask any serious questions. And he's like, you have <laughs> Seth Dillon on your podcast and, and this is what you're at. But you know what though? I have now yes. asked Seth and Dan and I have not gotten the answer to the one question that we all want to know. Where yeah. in the world is Carmen? Unknown. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. I didn't Someday ask we'll Joel find when we saw him. I should have asked him or him, him. him. Yeah, we'll find him. <laughs> Well, actually, I think we did find out he's dead. He is and dead. He's buried in a in a location. I probably could Google that, and I would know where in the world Carmen is. Yeah. If you believe he's dead, what kind of conspiracy theory? Yeah, are you? yeah. Come on. It's it's like <laughs> it's like JFK Jr. Like we know where he's buried. He's buried. Yeah. Uh, so then, <laughs> episode twelve, we had Project MK Naomi U.S. Bio Warfare on its own citizens. And I, I don't remember. I didn't go have a chance to go back and watch every episode or anything. So I don't remember exactly if this happened in the show with the chat at the time or on a later episode. But at some point we got, I think it was actually a TikTok react. I think that's what happened is someone sent us a TikTok and our next TikTok react video we did for unhinged. It was like, I think the ticks were created by the, or I think that Lyme disease was created by the yes. US government in ticks. And that's why we see on a military basis. And then I started giving my experience. And I'm like, this makes a ton of sense. So I decided to look into it afterwards. And apparently I'm not the only one who thinks it makes sense. Our own Congress thinks it makes sense. 
<laughs> because in 2019, the House of Representatives ordered the Pentagon to investigate whether ticks were once used as biological weapons. Listen to this. The U.S. House of Representatives have ordered an investigation to whether the Department of Defense experimented with ticks and other insects as biological weapons. Well, we know they did because of the malaria bombs. They t- mosquitoes over Vietnam. That was that was MK Naomi. In an amendment passed last week, the House calls for the Defense Department's Inspector General to look at whether any such experiments were done between the years of 1950 to 1975. Those are the years of MK Naomi. The amendment was introduced by New Jersey rep Chris Smith, who said he was inspired to uh, write it by a number of books and articles suggesting that uh, significant research had been done at U.S. government facilities, including Fort Detrick, Maryland and Plum Island, New York, to turn ticks and other insects into bioweapons. So going back to that comment we had earlier, why do you cover things that are in the past or why do you cover this? Why don't you cover the thing I want you to cover at this time? If you read this article without the context of what MK Naomi is, you wouldn't know Fort yeah. Detrick, Maryland. You wouldn't know that the years between 1950 and 1975, they actually did use mosquitoes as bioweapons. They actually were, uh, what's the word that they're always accusing uh, Fauci of? Um, gain of function. Gain of function research yeah. was happening in America. So <clears throat> I think it's sometimes people will be like, oh, well, that's old and it doesn't matter. And I'm like, it does because these things still are affecting us. And you, you actually can see and know and understand things like Project Paperclip still matter. Things like MK Ultra still matter. Just because the CIA said they shut it down, you really believe they shut the like? I love saying this. If you're a bigger conspiracy theorist than me, or my favorite conspiracy theory is that the government messed with people's minds, found out how to you know do mind control, and then just quit. Like that's the best conspiracy theories. If you believe that the government did all these awful things, found out they worked, and then quit. <laughs> exactly. Like <Smart>. obviously not. <laughs> Uh, so let's see. Let's, uh, that's the only thing I want to say about that episode. Um, we've got <clears throat> reaching out into the future with Alan Aguirre, where we talked about a story that I had heard from multiple people when I was uh, a touring musician about, uh, basically time travel happening out in New Mexico. And I actually did contact Alan again. He was trying to get in contact with some of the people who, were there who claimed this story and he said he just hasn't been able to get a response. So I was hoping I'd have an update on this one for you guys. I just don't. So the only thing he showed me is that he talked to some people who talked to other people. He's trying to track down this guy that he was on tour with like 20 some years ago, which is really hard to do if you, you know, we're touring with people before Facebook and stuff like that. Old phone numbers and all that stuff. But yeah, but I, I am staying in contact with them on this. So if I ever get an update on this story and if I can get some more concrete information on whether this, ha- you know, really happened or talk to the people who were there. Um, but I heard it from so many people and I heard it from a few people who were there a long time ago uh, that I, I think it's I think it's real. But I, I wish I had more to give you guys. But that's uh, that was an interesting episode. So let's see. We've got the Challenger explosion. This was fun and it, yeah. it went a place I didn't expect it to. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many episodes I, I started researching and I had a conclusion, a likely conclusion in my mind when I started it and it research just went a, a different way. It, but, yeah, it was, it was very good. Cause you, you based it off of essentially like this one TikTok, which is like, Hey, these people yeah. are still alive, aren't they? Yeah. And that was super convincing. But then you took it into some other interesting places and this actually led into some more Alistair Crowley research. And yeah. I was able to cover Alistair Crowley on unhinged with uh, Cody Harler from Cur- current conversations podcast. 
And actually, the comment I wanted to read from this episode has to do with with the Crowley stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, last thing before I read the comment. This episode was great because there was like three segments from the show that, that we really pulled well. and yeah. put on TikTok that did super, super well. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Was one of them from this show that did like a couple million on TikTok or was that from a different show? I can't remember. I know. No, this that made was it from our Matthew 24 stream. Oh, that was the yeah. that was the one that did a couple of million. But this one had a couple of really successful ones about, uh, you know, J- Jack Parsons. And yeah, yeah, this one just got us going down this path that led through to Nazi UFOs and and all of this like dark science stuff. Yeah. So the, the comment we have is from I'm terrible at picking usernames, which it's kind of funny because that's the greatest username I've ever read says just just at the Alistair Crowley part. Uh, So not sure if you mentioned it, but Crowley and I think we might have mentioned it, but he says, but Crowley may have been responsible for the Loch Ness monster too. He bought a house on the lake for six months uh, spell for to do a six month spell and was called away in the middle of the spell, which was proving to be too much for him to handle in his haste to leave. The spell was not completed and not closed out. We did. We mentioned this at some point on some episode that we do want to cover Loch Ness because I was never. I used to be a Loch Ness believer, and then I looked into it and I felt like it was not. Yeah, and now you're like on the bell curve. And now like, I'm like, oh, wait. yeah. Now I'm like, well, I don't think it's a physical being, but is it? Is it a real like thing? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I would like to cover Loch Ness at some point and talk about Aleister Crowley. The other thing that's interesting that comes out of that is that Jimmy Page bought that house. Yeah. And they did uh, ritual ceremonies in that house uh, before they released uh, Led Zeppelin's first or second album. And there's a whole crazy, you know, story of like demonic harassment and death and yeah, insanity that follows that band after that. So that, that might be a good episode, too. So anyway, just stuff we're looking at in the future. This one is one of my favorites. This was such a fun episode. <laughs> and we need to have Spencer on again soon. I think he yeah. said... Hit me up in the fall. We'll do another one. So yeah, it's so the had, fall almost. Yeah, we had Spencer Clavin on. Obama is gay, but Pete Buttigieg is not. Conspiracies to own the lips. This was so much fun because I feel like the beginning part of the episode, which was very interesting, had a lot of good information. Yeah. Uh, was not even the best part. I feel like this is where when I say so if, if you do watch this live or if you listen to the part, the the full thing later on on uh, on locals where we just talk with the audience and the guests. I feel like we talked with Spencer for two or three hours almost. It was after. so good. It was very, yeah. very good. And the conversation yeah. was great. We went all kinds of places. So the bulk of that episode is actually not on iTunes. It's the stuff that we were just chatting afterwards it was actually more than the part that we, the the main part of the show. Yeah. Um, and then something crazy happened with, with this episode. So in this episode, I pointed out, I don't think that Michelle is a tranny. But I do 100% think Obama's gay. I think that he went to a church, Jeremiah Wright's church, and that church was alleged to and seemed to have been a way for men to cover that they were gay by hooking them up with women who would marry them and, you know, play along, Mm -hmm. essentially, right? And that three people who knew about this and were recipients of this type of service from this church all were murdered within a month of each other, right when Obama's running for office, when he's running for president. So I said, I think he's gay. And then I brought up that there was a journalist um, who wrote, who had found Obama's old letter, love letters and journals, and that he had talked about wanting to have sex with his professor. And he talked about fantasizing about having sex with men and said, I just don't want to do it because it'd be, you know, too complicated or make my life too difficult, whatever. He couldn't be a politician. 
uh, in that time. And it, no, it was it was interesting because like I had never heard that before, and we we brought it up, and then what was like two months later, it was the number one story on like every conservative show and every yeah. and, and on Twitter. It's and, so weird. Uh, it was super weird. So yeah, like, right here, guys. On, this uh, is not news. We've known this for a while. Well, I was trying to figure out why it was news, so I want to read part of this article because it wasn't news. It was just that it was re brought up in a huh. way that all of a sudden, like we covered it before. Like I was like, why does nobody talk about this? And then we covered it. And then two months later, it's like Matt Walsh is talking about it. Michael Knowles yeah. is talking about it. And uh, people just got so conspiracy pilled that they were finally ready for it. I think that's exactly what it is. People were well, like, if you read this, you would just be like, ah, that couldn't be real. And then, mm-hmm. you know, so this article from the independent says Obama's love letters from 1982 resurface. I make love to men daily, but in my imagination. Barack Obama once wrote that he had made love to men every day in the imagination in a love letter to his ex-girl. How's that a love letter? Yeah. Hey, I love you, babe, but I'm really fantasizing I about like getting men. some cock and balls. <laughs> so yeah. uh, <laughs> love letter to his ex-girlfriend that serves more than 40 years later. The former U.S. president wrote of his androgynous mind in a letter to his then girlfriend, Alex McNair, which has since resurfaced in the New York Post. In the correspondence, Obama wrote, in regards to homosexuality, I must say that I believe this is an attempt to remove oneself from the present, a refusal perhaps to perpetuate the endless farce of earthly life. You see, I make love to men daily, but in the imagination. My mind is androgynous to a great extent, and I hope to make it more so until I can think in terms of people, not women as opposed to men, he added. Mm -hmm. Uh, but in returning to the body, I see that I have made been made a man and physically in life. I choose to accept that contingency. So he wants to be a woman is what he's saying. I don't Is he saying he wants to be a woman or he wants to be gay. And he yeah. Well, that was the other thing we brought up that no, most people don't know. But Obama literally was raised by a tranny nanny. Yeah. And I didn't know that. Like it was one of those. I, f- I saw an Alex Jones clip and I was like, that's not real. And then I looked it up and it was like, oh, no, it's very real. And the, the left wing media praised it. This was always my problem with with the Obama's gay theory is that my my in-laws told, you know, my, my mother-in-law was like, Obama's gay. And I was like, source. And, and she, she listed a source and it was such a terrible source of like, you didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. And she couldn't defend it. She couldn't, you know, back it up with any information. So I was like, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Obama was like, you would say anything you want about Obama, but he was a family man and a, you know, salt, like a a better, that's what we were made to believe. Yeah. A, a, a better example of marriage than Donald Trump was my position at the time. And <laughs> turns out he's gay. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you see Malia Obama's credit card and a bunch of cocaine in Hunter Biden's laptop. And you're like, oh, maybe yeah. something else is going on there. Yeah. Uh, but this is the part of the article I wanted to read. It says uh, contents of the letter gained renewed attention earlier this month when biographer David Garrow claimed the 44th president repeatedly fantasized about making love to men. Garrow, a Pulitzer Prize winning historian, was the author of the 2017 biography. So here's what's interesting to me. They're saying... In August, he had made the claim again, but that's who I sourced and cited in our episode. So I, it, it's still weird to me that this became a story after it was already publicly available online for quite some mm-hmm. time, which I don't know, just interesting to me, but it, that's how it happened. So, um, cause yeah, I was just saying, I was confused. I was like, I knew this. We talked about it. Why is it a story now? But I guess like the New York post ran it again and like people were finally ready to accept it, I guess. Yeah. It is it is funny how like sometimes the the first thing will happen and, and you'll say something and people will be like no but it puts just that question mark in the back of their mind so that the next time it hits they're ready well, for it. 
Well, think about, uh, are they turning the freaking frogs gay? It sounds like an unhinged rant of a madman who's reading tabloids. Right. And then people are like, okay, well, now I got to know. And they yeah. look it up and it's like, oh, no, this is a public, publicly available information that atrazine turns frogs gay. Yeah. Trans. And it is in trans and it's in the trans. water. Yeah. That's the yeah. only thing he said wrong, technically, is it technically turns them trans, but the point's the same, right? Um, yeah. And it's in the drinking water. So... Uh, so the next episode we did was Anunnaki, ancient alien astronauts, question mark, which was your, <laughs> your episode. Did you have anything you wanted to say about, uh, the, the Anunnaki? No, just, just that it's, I think it's something that we got to keep our eyes on more because is it's increasingly a popular thing to believe that, that we were created by these beings and that we should worship these beings maybe. And, this whole mythology of aliens, we, we started with the Anunnaki, we did the greys, we did the reptilians, we did the Pleiadians, and we'll talk about all of that, but just kind of putting together this new mythology that's entering our, our world is, is fascinating. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Every, it, it really is becoming the thing, the go-to thing. And I think this was part of the ancient alien psyop, you know, and I, I say that as in, not that I don't believe parts of the ancient alien stuff that, you know, these hieroglyphs and the pyramids and things like that. But it seems like the goal and the purpose is that we were created by the Anunnaki. They're, they're regurgitating the Sumerian myth. And mm-hmm. people are so willing to accept this. People who won't accept God are willing to accept that we're put here by aliens as if that's somehow easier. To, uh, anyway. But yeah, no, it was very foundational. Um, we're def- definitely going to keep re- uh, talking about this. It's going to keep coming up because it came up in the Lizard People uh, episode and, and others. So uh, one, I realized I missed a couple of comments I want to read. So Do from it. the Obama's gay one, we have one from X Wolfsbane that says, good evening, guys. I found you guys last night and I'm really enjoying your content. My wife even really enjoyed your shows. So now we have a podcast that we can share. Thank you guys uh, for what you guys do. Yeah. So thank you. I appreciate hearing stuff like that, that you and your wife have something to, to listen to. Now you can now you can listen to uh the rantings and ravings of people talking about daddy Dom gargoyle romances. <laughs> so add that to the list. The other thing I want to say about the Anunnaki episode real quick. Now that mm-hmm. I think of it is that there are some episodes that like quirks, the mm-hmm. our, our sister show is, is focused on science and archeology. span And sometimes they will cover something from that angle and then we'll cover it from the conspiracy angle or vice versa. So they did it. The Anunnaki first from the, the archaeological historical record standpoint. And then I built off of it in this episode. Um, and I like that we're able to work together like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they did a really good job on that one too. Uh, so Justice over here saying Scooby-Doo goes Anunnaki. Cause Jack's <coughs> sent, <clears throat> Jack sent me something about Scooby-Doo being <laughs> Anunnaki. We're going to have Jack's on our show soon. So I think we're gonna have to ask him to come and bring some evidence and convince us evidence that, that Scooby-Doo is yeah. is the Anunnaki? Is Anunnaki? Yeah. We might have to mix it in with the um, Bigfoot is Kane episode. Oh, find a way yeah, to because yeah. I think that would be a good. <clears throat> that would be really cool. Good couple things to put together. Um, last thing on the Anunnaki, really quick, is we have a comment from LMA Tootie that says, "I've watched all your episodes two times. I have a new obsession." So, oh my gosh! Thank you guys. Yeah, I I'm haven't sorry. even watched our episodes. Two times. <laughs> I was there. I was there. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. Uh, you have something you want to tell the, the audience about really quick, though, I believe. Oh, yes. So um, Freda, our good friend Freda in the chat has been, she has this um, bonfire shop where she's created all of this 
patriotic merch, kind of quirky, got a lot of fun designs. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing one of them, the, um, the cacti situation. Freedom um, cactus. Freedom cactus. And um, proceeds from this shop go to support Freedom Alliance, which is a, a nonprofit that helps uh, wounded combat veterans um, transition back to civilian life and kind of get past a lot of that trauma and PTS and all that stuff. So um, it's a good cause. And it, this shop will only be open for another two weeks. It's closing up um, soon. So get your gear. Yeah, you can go to bonfire.com slash store slash based dash boutique. Yes. And get some really good gear and support Freedom Alliance. Yeah. So good cause. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's what we had on the Anunnaki. And then we decided, I decided, <laughs> <laughs> I, I decided, decided that uh, I wanted to really get into the three. And I know people were like, there's more types. I know. But what I'm saying is the still three true. Types. The yeah. three main types, the three that you're going to hear about the most, see the most settings of in the West. I said that specifically, and I still got a lot of comments. There's more alien types. I never said there wasn't. <laughs> so I wanted to do a, a trilogy on those, the greys, the reptilians, and the, and the Pleiadians. Pleiadians. And uh, we decided to start with the greys. So we have, who are the greys? Tales from Zeta Reticuli. And uh, this was fun because I feel like this was a follow-up to the werewolves, Nephilim, uh, vampires, oh my episode. Yeah. And it kind of got more into my theories. It basically came out of a place of uh, a lot of people saying like, it's too simplistic to say they're demonic. It's too simplistic to say this, they're physical. And we kind of went through this idea. Like, it, you know, th those aren't mutually exclusive yeah. concepts, the physicality yeah. and the spiritual. I think that, and then uh, later on we got more into like why that's really a Gnostic concept and not a, a Western Christian concept. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. The idea that there's this total separation between the spiritual and the physical is not biblical. And uh, so we got to talk about that. We got to talk about the grays. And it's funny when you listen to atheist, you know, French researchers that spent 30 years of their lives digging into these things are like, you know, it's weird to me. They, they don't seem to be what they say they are. And yeah. uh, they also seem to, you know, come with a lot of weird spiritual stuff like sleep paralysis and yeah. uh, possessions and levitations and time loss. And a lot of things just seem more spiritual than physical. And I was like, yeah, this is, the yeah. people who have spent their whole lives looking into this even if they don't believe in God are saying, man, it's weird. Cause it seems like it's connected more to witchcraft than, than uh, space travel. Yeah. And this is, this is something that the, um, the gargoyle book got right is <laughs> that, the, yeah. that those beings were carved out of stone by witches and, you know, grays mm -hmm. have been called different things throughout time, but gargoyles is, I think certainly one of their iterations. Yeah, Absolutely. We have a comment on this one from Digital Eclipse that says, I wonder if all these different uh, types of aliens are just different demons battling for supremacy. And yeah, we've given a lot of thoughts on like what the different types are. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, uh, this is the one thing I think some people get wrong is that all of the evil forces are in concert with one another and they don't mm -hmm. battle each other out. And I feel like if you understand the mythology throughout all of history, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they're, they're not willing to share. <laughs> they're, not, they're not willing to let God have the glory. They're also not yeah. willing to let the other uh, fallen angels and demons things like that have the glory either. So they are fighting amongst each other uh, too, which is not uh, outside of reality. There's one other uh, story that came up a lot after a couple of our alien episodes, and we just haven't had time to, to dive into it. So I just want to bring it up briefly and say a few things on it, if, if that's all right. And yeah. that is this uh, Peru alien story. Have you been following oh, this at yeah. all? Oh, yeah. 
We were going to cover it and then something happened. I can't <sighs> Maui wildfires, which we're going to cover tomorrow and a lot yeah. of other stuff and just things that have kind of kept me from being able to dive into it. The reason why I'm not mad that we haven't done a full blown episode on it is because the truth is it's interesting, but it's all speculation at this point. Mm. And what you have is you have a group of Peruvian villagers who are saying that these seven foot tall aliens are terrorizing them. There's been injuries. There have been people who have gone before the police and reporters saying, I shot these things twice with a shotgun at mm-hmm. point blank range and it didn't affect them. And they have like silvery metallic skin. They've got these glowing discs on their feet and that's how they fly. And they're explaining aliens, right? Right. And I spent some time looking into different things. It's coming out of a village in Peru that doesn't have technology, right? Like it's huh. coming out of like, you so know, they don't third have any, world like- country stuff, right? And that's why it's hard to get a lot of useful information. And it's being filtered through the Peruvian media, who's originally was pushing this is aliens. It's coming out of the David Grush stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they just had this like instant change. And I, so I just want to bring this up. It says Peru prosecutor accuses illegal gold mining gangs of posing as seven foot tall aliens to terrorize locals. Why is it always gold mining? Why are the aliens always involved the with al- gold that, stuff? Thank you. The aliens are gold miners, though. That's yeah. the his- That's the in Anunnaki all of the myth. lore. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So the fact that they're saying, that, and then they go on to basically say, well, you know, gold miners in Peru and a third world country all have jetpacks. And I'm like, okay, that sounds really bizarre, but everybody's saying it. So there has to be something to this, right? <sighs> but there isn't. There's just a police chief in Peru saying, yeah, you know, they've, they've jetpacks. they have jetpacks. It's just gold miners with jetpacks and and the whole, the whole media has bought this. And a lot of people who are in the conspiracy stuff have bought this and said, yeah, no, I mean, they said it was gold miner with the jetpacks. And I'm like, look, I'm not saying it's this, that, and the other, we just don't have enough information. But if you want me to buy that all of a sudden they're just like, it's gold miner with jetpacks. I'm like, oh, they must've have a picture or proof or any, no, they don't. They just have like a police chief in Peru saying, it's gold miners with jetpacks because that's a thing that how, how I mean I know jetpacks exist. They but do. Like, they're not in normal use. They're not super practical. Like what's what's the application? Like they're so expensive. I tried for to their find that out. I tried right? to find that out. I was like, okay, maybe this is a thing. Maybe they're deep diving in these caves and they're making tons of money off the gold. So they have jetpacks or something. I could not find anything yeah. saying like, no, this is a normal practice for third world country gold miners pirates have jet to have jetpacks. Yeah. So look, I'm not saying it's aliens. I, there's just, it's the word of a bunch of people who've never seen technology. Maybe if they saw someone with a jetpack, they wouldn't know what to call it, but then you'd have to discount the people who've been attacked and the people who have shot these things. And the fact that jetpacks are not glowing blue discs around your feet. Right. And all the other stuff they saw, I was going to bring up footage, but I can't tell what's real and what's not. And yeah. it's just not, it, it'd be too much for this episode. So I'm saying that to say this. I am going to keep my eye on it. I'm not discounting this entirely. I just don't think it's worth an entire episode of speculation. Right. Because there's just not enough to go on. So I'll say everybody, basically, if you're familiar with the story, as most people are, you know about as much as anybody does. Right. Um, And I've listened to some people talk about it for an hour and they, you know, they had interesting things to say, but they were going off of previous research, which is not the same as saying this is what we know of this story. Right. So. Um, that's, that's about all I want to say on the Peruvian alien thing. I don't, I'm not, I'm just not like sold that it's <laughs> gold miners with jetpacks. Yeah. Like it's, it's difficult <clears throat> to, to come to a conclusion either way, just because there's like plausible deniability. Somebody in the chat said, um, our military sent a bunch of troops over there in June and then the sightings and attacks started shortly thereafter. Our military is always involved with, right. with all kinds of like weird things. So it's 
weird. Is it part of Project Bluebeam? Is it like they try yeah. to convince the Peruvians that there's an alien attack by yeah. CIA operatives with jetpacks? I don't know. I'm not buying that it's gold miners, at least. I'm yeah. saying it could be humans faking as aliens. Yeah. But I feel like that'd have to be like DARPA technology, not yeah. gold miners in Peru. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, the only thing I saw, which was a proof by one website, was there was a girl holding up a picture of a dude in a jetpack and saying, like, pointing at it. And they're like, mm. this girl said that's what it looked like. And it's like one girl said, you showed her a picture of something she's never seen before and said, yeah, it was flying like this. Yeah. Like, I'm not, it's not proof is my point. When people see something that they can't <clears throat> explain to themselves, that, that, the way our brains work is that we they'll try to force it into an something explanation. that makes sense. Yes. They'll, if you give them an explanation, if you they'll feed it, it to them, they'll take it. Yeah. And every good interrogator and reporter knows this, yeah. that you don't feed them. It was it this. And they'll be like, yeah, sure. That makes sense. That's yeah. not how you find out what, what it is anyway. Uh, so next we did shifting the Overton window on weird with Dan Dillon, where we got to talk to uh, Dan Dillon, the CEO of not the B, which is a source we use all the time for this show and for yes. just great entertainment. And uh, it was, it, that was such a fun conversation. I really liked Dan. We got yeah. to talk about AI. We got to talk about Elon Musk a little bit. We got to talk about uh, his beliefs on conspiracies and just kind of how the, how not the B has taken all the weirdest things in the news and just kind of normalize and be like, no, yeah. the world is a weird place. Let's talk about it. Yeah. The, yeah. The, um, I like our, our, um, we did a lot of really cool interviews. Yeah. This, this, this time, I think more like a higher volume than we normally would do, but we were just very excited and we got, we got a whole bunch of them in, in a, in a row, but we just started getting a lot of requests and we just were reaching out to people and we just thought, Oh, nobody's going to want to come on our show. And then, we exactly. and then everybody interviews. was like, sure. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, I didn't know that you could just like message Spencer Clavin. He'd be like, yeah, yeah. He's like, sure. Yeah. So. I mean, the Seth was just a, jo- it was a joke. Like yeah. I told a joke about how, like when my show was big enough, I would let him come on. And he's like, I would come, like, on, come on now. Next week. You want to, <laughs> if you want to invite me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. so both Seth and Dan were really, great. they were really that was cool. a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, did, did I have a comment from that one that I wanted to read? No, I don't. So then I had uh Shane Jones from, uh, the inquiries of our reality. Yeah. And uh, we got to talk about his close encounter with a Wendigo. We got to kind of just talk about Wendigo lore and things like that. You weren't there for this one. I don't, you were traveling. I think I was right? in Nashville. This you were week. in Nashville. Yeah. That's right. And uh, Shane was a lot of fun. And what I want to bring up about this one is we actually got to meet Shane in person. We did. So we did a Michigan meetup uh, where we all went to the Lansing Brewing Company and anybody in Michigan that wanted to come hang out, got to come and hang out. And it was a lot of fun. I think I don't know how many people we had, but it was a good time. Yeah, More people than I good. expected. So. Yeah, me too. I was like, I don't think anyone's going to come. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was good. And then we all came back to my house and smoked cigars in my smoked garage. Cigars, so yeah. that, was, okay. that was good. Uh, then we had Vicki Joy Anderson on. She is special. She's a special person. I was. I felt really blessed mm-hmm. by this conversation. I think of all the interviews, I think this is the one that was just the most, um, I felt like God just kind of set it up for us. She was such a wonderful lady and she had so many interesting things to say. Her book, They Only Come Out at Night, is fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, I feel like I got to kind of deal with something that I was putting off for so many years of my life. Uh, My wife's dealt with sleep paralysis for the whole time I've known her and I was just not supportive in the beginning of our marriage. I didn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it because I had a different understanding of how the uh, the supernatural and the spiritual 
worked. Yeah. Because I was raised in a very modern American Christian way that I feel like misses out on and downplays the supernatural, which is weird. I'm starting to realize this now as an adult. I'm like, we believe that God made himself man, died and rose again, but like demons couldn't like mess with you in your sleep. Yeah. Come on. Like that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, why does the belief stop? What do we want to believe? And I think that the way that the demons have been working for the last few hundred years is that they've been pushing technology really, really hard. Yeah. And pushing this idea that they don't exist and, and, and making themselves known in the world through technology, but not so much the way that they used to in that, like, this is obviously demonic kind of way. Yeah. And uh, I'll say this. The last thing I'll say about Vicky is that off air, she told us what her next book is yes. and what she's working on. We're, told, we weren't gonna, we're not going to say it, but she's absolutely going to be a returning guest. I yes. cannot wait for the next book. Uh, it's going to be very, very good. So I'm very excited that uh, we got to meet Vicky and we got to build that relationship. And she's someone I would love to have on uh, many, many more times. So she had so much more to say. She she had to take care of her dad that night, so she couldn't stick around a long time. But like, she has such a a wealth of knowledge that I want to tap into, and I just really want to have her on more. So wonderful lady. Um, This was another fun fun guest. We have a lot of guest interviews in a row. (laughs) I was so worried about this because I was like, he's a TV producer. He produced this like yeah. huge TV show. He's not going to be like, I was worried he was going to be offended if we didn't ask the right question. And then he ended up being like, he went off about how birds weren't real. And he was just super fun. TJ so. Allard was one of the most fun <laughs> conversations I've had all year. Yeah. Like I loved all of our guests, but if just out of pure joy, like Spencer, <laughs> TJ, Tony Kinnett, those, those guys were so much freaking so funny. fun. Yeah. They're so funny. But yeah, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, we got to talk with TJ Allard and I just didn't expect the conversation to go where it went. And then I brought up a uh, thing to him that he had, didn't know what it was. And he's like, oh my gosh, that's what I experienced, which was uh, the, the <laughs> yeah. gang stalking idea. Yeah. He's like, I think the CIA was gang stalking me. I'm like, yeah, I think they were, dude. I think TJ has so many pieces of the puzzle yeah. that, but he doesn't have some of the pieces that, that we had. And so it was one of those conversations where you're like, wait, what? When you're talking. So yeah. And then my favorite comment from that show was from BS Jabbit. And it says, in conversation, they literally use bird camera drones that fly around to watch wildlife. So correct me. Uh, so correct. Not all birds are real. <laughs> and I love that. I had no idea where to get to a birds aren't real thing with TJ, yeah, but that was, that was, that was not where I thought that was going to go. That was a very interesting episode because I feel like normally people would just be like, let's talk about the TV show and let's talk about dragon. Let's talk about this. I feel like we have to actually talk to TJ about yeah. like his experiences on the ranch and things after and his, his thoughts and. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. We did. Wow. We did a lot of interviews in a row because the next one's an interview, too. I know we have. <laughs> the mattress firm money laundering conspiracy with Tony Kinnett from the uh, I can't remember it. Heritage Foundation. No, or Daily Caller. All of that. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about the thing that really matters is Twitter. Thing. Oh, he's <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. He's the United States Ministry of Truth. Yes. Account. Yeah. Thank you. The Ministry of Truth account. Yeah, he does real work too, but like. Yeah, but that big satire account. No, this was hilarious. I mean, from the get, like, from the jump when we were talking backstage through the whole show, it was talking to him was like going at breakneck pace because he just had the jokes. He was on it. It was, it was fun. I, I, I think I was gone for a minute there. Can you, you hear were. Me? I okay. carried it. It's okay. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know what you said, but yeah, Tony was a Tony was a total blast to talk to. Um, I had a lot of fun with that one. It was it was great because I was expecting like sometimes we'll bring people on who are in you know kind of conservative mainstream media type stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to sell him on this thing. And he's like, dude, mattress firm is laundering money. They're probably selling drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that. Like, <clears throat> it, it's fun. Like Seth and Dan were fun because it's like we're super conspiratorial and we're just talking to like normies, people who don't believe a lot of conspiracy theories. And and it's fun to like introduce conspiracy theories to those types of people and be like, yeah. but you have, but have you ever thought about building seven? You know? Yeah. But but somebody who's like ready to go right down the rabbit hole with you as fast as he, cause I thought Tony was going to be another one of those, like, ah, I got to walk him slowly into it, but no, no he just that episode started first. off like, like a rocket. Yeah. And we got one of the funniest clips from our entire show off of this episode. And I'm going to play it for you guys. Oh no. <laughs> okay, folks. So when, when it's time to get freaky, you need a mattress because you don't want to be doing it on the couch. The couch is for losers. It's for libs. You don't want to be going there. So what I what I do when it's time to make another child for my family, I use Helix Sleep Mattresses because they provide the most cushion for the pushing, according to Pew Research in 2018. <laughs> use Ben Shapiro getting it on 2023 to get an exclusive deal on your Helix Sleep Mattress. That was the Wait. greatest Ben Shapiro ad read ever of all time okay we posted this <laughs> we posted this on twitter and ben shapiro retweeted it so i have to live for the rest of my life knowing that ben has seen that clip of our show <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty hilarious though it's good it's good stuff <laughs> oh that, that was, was a good, good show that was a good time uh he's another guy we're gonna have to have back on because that was yeah. that was a blast i i have okay i have a conspiracy for him and he's already he's down like yes. we're doing it yes I you told me to I know which one it is get it together so okay season three <laughs> we're gonna have Tony back on for an ep- for an episode we have been we haven't talked about on the show but we've been wanting to do since before we started the show yeah it was early da- early early days one of my friends was like you're starting a conspiracy show have you ever heard of yeah just wait, like, guys. No, never. That that show is gonna make mattress firm look like a joke because it's gonna be child's so, play. Yeah, look, child's <laughs> play. Uh, so then we did the reptilian shapeshifters from outer space, and Fun. this is where we got back into our trilogy of the the alien stuff. This was fun. <laughs> I didn't bring up this, this one comment, but I'll, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. It's something like. You guys are a bunch of retards because they're not from outer space. Everybody knows that <laughs> jackass. Or something like Should have watched the show. They didn't jackass. watch the show. Like, I didn't like. I didn't like the title. And we get this a lot where I'll say like, "Here's the name of the conspiracy," mm-hmm. and people will go, "You believe that?" <laughs> I'm like, "Hang on, hang on." Listen to what I have to say about it. Maybe. Ah, oh, funny stuff. Anyway, so. Or like with TikTok, I'll be like, here's a conspiracy theory we're going to talk about on our show tonight. And they're like, how, how could you believe that? How could I, you? <laughs> I don't on that one. No, but it's it, it, the whole idea is we kind of got into like how they don't necessarily have to be from space. They could be from here, all that stuff, but they didn't listen to the show. Yeah. Uh, one of the, let me see, one of the comments we got uh, was from Drone Tech, uh, Drone Tech Politics. And it says, hell yeah, can't wait. This is my favorite conspiracy channel next to Y Files. And uh, Drone Tech's a great, uh, great guy. We've got to talk to him and interview him last year. He's uh, pushing his stuff over to Rumble. He's been doing really well on YouTube for a long time, and he's been pushing his stuff to Rumble. So if you can, it's uh, D-R-O-N-T-E-K. Go uh, support that guy. He's really, really cool dude. 
And then we got one from Lauren J85 that says, not very Christian of you to take the piss in that way, regardless of whether anyone agrees with him because we're making fun of uh, David Icke. Yeah, (laughs) he's been spot on with a lot of things. Why is ridiculing someone good? I don't agree with what you believe, but still thought I'd follow you. But really, you're really bullies. Not cool. (laughs) I love this because we made fun of David Icke, one of the most easy to mock people on the planet. (laughs) Someone who's not a Christian will say, that's not very Christian of you to mock a guy who (laughs) who who believes in Satan worship. (laughs) And I'm like, no, he's an idiot. And he's pushing people into like Luciferian like ideas. So I will make fun of this guy. And he wears stupid tracksuits. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll mock him if I want to How can you not make fun of the guy who, who wears turquoise tracksuits and thinks that this is going to catch on the way that people defend their heroes is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Are you blind? Sweetheart? Are you blind? (laughs) Is uh very, very interesting. I don't know if I have a lot to say in that episode. It was, it was fun. Um, It was good. We got to delve. Oh, go ahead. Like sometimes we just do an episode and it's just very foundational conspiracy knowledge, like stuff that I didn't necessarily know because I didn't know a lot of the alien stuff going into all this. I had a lot of I was into the conspiracies of like ancient tech and ancient archaeology and stuff like that, but but not so much the alien stuff. So some of this stuff is just like we got to lay a foundation before we can get further into some of these ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Jack says Brandon comments are the best. Uh, Answered Sater says he claimed to be Jesus. Fair game. Yeah. yeah. Fair game to <laughs> yeah. Jape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only the only thing I found that recently that reminded me of this episode comes from Collective Spark. And I've talked about Collective Spark before. They have some really good things on their website that you can research on other websites because <laughs> they're really tabloidy. I'm just putting that out there, but I do like reading Collective Spark. <laughs> Um, but they had this article uh, that came out this week and it says, did NASA accidentally show the harbinger of the apocalypse Nibiru on live stream? And that's one of the things that comes up is uh, mm-hmm. this idea of the lost planet X uh, Nibiru, however you say it. And I'm not going to read this article it's long, but there's like a lot of videos. And if you want to check it out where they're basically saying like in these NASA footage of, of the sun and things like that. They're seeing a planet that NASA is now trying to play off as Venus, but a lot of people are saying that's not Venus and here's how you can tell. And they think it's proof of Nibiru and it kind of goes into the whole thing. And the idea there essentially is that it's on this long elliptical cycle. So it like goes in and out of, or I don't think that's even a real thing. I'm just going to say, I don't believe in this, but uh, like the idea is when it gets close to earth again, it's gravitational pull will mess with everything. And that's what will cause revelation is kind of the idea, like black out the sun, cause all the things to drop and all that. I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen a lot of good evidence for it, but uh, it's one of those things that comes up when you talk about reptilian stuff. So for sure. Do you have thoughts on the whole Nibiru thing? I I go back and forth and I want to do more research on this. And maybe this is something uh, for quirks to do from an astronomy standpoint. But it there are moments in history where people seem to see that this very, very bright star. You know, one of these is is the coming of Jesus. Yeah. And and so this has been. It's a hypothesis that that this star is Nibiru, and that's why mm-hmm. they knew that it meant something was that you know they had memory of it coming before. But I think that the idea of how long its ellipsis is 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 the lie. I think it comes around more often than 
they like to like to say. So people, I don't know. People in the chat are pointing out that uh, long elliptical uh, orbit is possible, but that it's not likely with a planet. This that's kind of what I was saying. Is not that it can't have a long ellipt- elliptical orbit. It's that it would have to go in between so many planets. Mm-hmm. and get close to so many things that I feel like the gravitational, I don't know. I'm not, a. am not, I'm just saying, I'm not yeah. sure it's possible. I can look into the science. I'm not making a claim, but it does seem like, well, I mean, I, and that is the claim, right? That it gets close to earth and it messes everything up. So some right, people are right. claiming that this is what caused the the flood essentially. And I think right. in a way, a lot, a lot of like the Anunnaki stuff, it's an explanation that may be true, but it seems like the purpose there is to find a way to explain away God again. So potentially, potentially, yeah. um, Frida, I the Nibiru stuff enough. Frida asked, what about the planet? That's the asteroid belt. So the mythology of Nibiru is that it is, it hit the planet. That's the asteroid belt and broke it. And that's why it's now the asteroid belt that it hit a planet called Marduk. Yeah. But yeah, no, I have, I have a lot of questions. I think that there's something to it. I just don't think it's, you know, yeah. All right. I hate this comment right here. Pete deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> don't, 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 don't bring up Neil deGrasse Tyson in my presence. All right. Come on. Yeah. You guys know how I feel about this. Pl- look, I was going to say it guys. Pluto's a planet. Okay. <laughs> Just because you change the definition retroactively does not make it not a planet anymore. That's the stupidest. If your contribution to science is that you changed the definition of something to make it not the thing you didn't do anything. I could change the definition of a stove that a stove has to have wings, but it doesn't mean that I can't cook on the thing in my kitchen. It's freaking. Are you done? No, I hate (laughs) gosh (laughs) guys going to get me mad. (laughs) We have a mod in chat. Kick Jack's out out of here. What the hell? Uh, (laughs) So then we did. uh, This is the episode where we got to hang out at my place. Yeah. Uh, and this was the Finders High Tech Hippie Trafficking Cult, ran by the CIA. That's a long name. I debated it's over a, if like I was going to go with that name, but really yeah. tough episodes. But the timing was really important with um, Sound of Freedom, and Sound of like Freedom, that. and just yeah. the whole conversation around child trafficking and how long it's been going on. That 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 we we knew way back then with this this Finders cult that there was there was a whole industry around this that that Epstein's Island wasn't news for people who had actually been paying attention for any length of time. So it's just something to it's, it's just the hardest part about the conspiracy yeah. world, I think. But yeah, I want to get back to that. Jack said you have this problem with his view on Pluto and not his uh, views on what a woman is. No, it's the same view. He changes the <laughs> jackass. Uh, uh, yeah, but no answer. Sater said this one was hard to watch. And yes, yeah. like this is interesting because I've covered, I've covered the finders twice before and both times I was like, I realized how dark it is. And when I got into it, I was like, hey, you know, and I planned on going to this episode saying, hey, guys, like this one's going to be pretty dark. So I just want to warn you. And I just we were having such a good time. Yeah. That I just kind of came in a little too joking and laughing a little too much. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Abby's crying. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, a few people are like, uh, you know, love your show, but this one's dark. I'm just going to watch it. Much, yeah. And I just want to read this this comment from Hickstown, honey. She said. I appreciate your coverage on this. We need to know what happened. It just needed to be broken up for me. So she watched (laughs) it in segments. Yeah. Uh, Good job covering this as always. We know these things like this happen, but it's just hard to swallow. And it is. It's one of those things that it's like so real that when you look at it, it's hard to make the jokes anymore. Yeah. And I kind of, yeah, it was just 
I, I realize that every time I've covered this specific topic, it really strikes a nerve with me and it does with the audience. And that's why, but I think it's important. It's one of those things where it's like, it's hard to look at it, but you need to, you need to understand that this happens, that our government is involved and it has been for a long time. And it's, it's one of those, it's hard, but it's, uh, it's something I think that we all had to kind of pill we had to swallow. So I appreciate you guys for coming along on that one and putting up with uh, probably our most black pilled episode of this entire show. Yeah, <laughs> we had a we had a five star review that we read on that show that was like, this show's great because it's super fun, but not always dark or not. And I was like, <laughs> wrong <laughs> oh, episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was glad we did that one. Uh, and then we did the Pleiadians, the third part of our alien triptych. Pleiadians, Nordic alien spirit guides. I had so much fun with this episode. <laughs> we needed we needed one that was just this silly and fun after the the finders. And uh, you did a really good job with this one. Do you have anything you wanted to say about the Pleiadian stuff? Just that it like it was crazy how much it tied back into the Tree of Life episode. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I think that all this stuff is just foundational. It's going to keep coming up. It's going to keep making more sense as we go along. Some, some of it is just like, wow, that's, that's wild. I don't, I don't understand it. Like I, I can believe it's true, but I don't know how to completely integrate it with the other knowledge that I have that I find easy to articulate about the world. That's kind of where I'm at with all the different alien species, but it was a lot of fun. It is good to, know the lore and the mythology around all the things that, you know, is going to keep coming up in this show. And that's why we do the foundational episodes. We're like, somebody's always going to get mad when we do a foundational episode and be like, you didn't talk about this or this or this or this. I'm like, yes, it's the opening conversation to a thing we're going to continue to talk about. So if we didn't say a certain thing about the Palladians or cover a certain story, doesn't mean we're not going to talk about them again. Um, I loved this one because I realized that Tens of thousands of people have now seen me talk about sexy alien space communists, and my parents must be very proud. Yep. <laughs> so proud. My mom thought I was going to be a doctor. Nope. I'm going to talk about sexy Pleiadian space communists. Yeah, on the and internet. read gargoyle romances. And read gargoyle romances for money. For money. That's who I am. This is me now. And I <laughs> you have to. <laughs> for money. For money. For, for money. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Not for pleasure. Uh, so <laughs> then we followed that up with, uh, something that was very LinkedIn, which was the Nazi UFO stuff, which I had been kind of researching here and there for a while. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize just how much was going to link back in the Pleiadians that they're like essentially saying the Nazis are saying like, yeah, no, like these Pleiadian space babes, they, they gave us our socialist, uh, utopia. Um, that was just a very interesting episode. The, the whole Nazi thing. We had a couple of, we had one interesting comment from, from pretty green, that says, I live in uh, Paderborn and have been to the castle. So this is talking about the Vivelsburg castle that we brought mm-hmm. up. The uh, Basically, Castle Wolfenstein, if you guys like video games, is based on Vivelsburg, this evil castle with these like ritual ceremonial rooms. Because remember, the Nazis were bad, but they weren't, they weren't Satanists. How could you? Yeah, like don't think too badly of the Nazis. No, I think it's the opposite. I think they're saying like, don't group Satanists in with the Nazis. I mean, oh, <laughs> I re- it's so funny because that's what all the debunkers are like. Yeah, come on. The Nazis believe some weird stuff, but don't say they believed in like, you know, ritual sacrifice. <laughs> That'd be crazy. The oh people that gosh. sacrifice six million plus people don't say that they would have possibly dared to 
sacrifice someone on an altar in a castle. <laughs> yeah, they weren't that <laughs> evil. <laughs> but anyway, they, uh, say, they I think say, it goes both ways. Like the Satanists don't want to be associated, but also for some reason people want to defend the Nazis. Yeah, they, uh, it, it does go both ways because some it comes across very much like they're not that bad. Yeah. It's like, well, what do you mean they're not that bad? Yeah. What, what do you think that bad is? Like, this is what I keep saying about child sex trafficking, about um, the Nazis. Like, no one is that evil without all without doing it in direct service of, no. of Satan. There, there's kind of a line that you, you just can't cross it without it being kind of an intentional worship. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. They don't want it to be intentional. It's like they plan to gas six million people, but they couldn't have possibly intentionally worshipped demons like yeah. that's the bridge too they far were just, for these people they were just racist even this though wasn't, this wasn't in service <laughs> who hates the jews could never even, be even though they literally created their own religion well that's the other you know what i think it is is that there's been this false narrative around nazis my entire life that they were christians yeah and when you dive into it you realize oh no they oh, no, got no. rid of the christian religion the ss was at the head of of getting christianity out of germany yeah. And shifting them to this Nordic alien worship. But but you'll still see the meme like don't don't judge this person because you wouldn't judge Christians based on Hitler. I'm like Hitler hated God and said so. Uh, yeah. You can read his own words on this. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, hey, everybody don't still... forget to don't forget to like the stream. Yeah. Like it. Like it. Even if you don't do. Yeah. We don't <laughs> care if you like it or not. Just like it. Just just click the button. The 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 up one. The cl- yeah, the up one. Yeah. If I catch you, if I catch you clicking the down, there's somebody. There is somebody who clicks the down on every single video, and we know who you are. You're an asshole. <laughs> True facts. Uh, <laughs> literally every video, like every a certain video. time of a, of a day. They come on and, and downvote. I don't think step. I don't think that person actually watches our videos. I think he just goes through and unlikes them. No. It would be really it would be actually so hilarious if he spends so this much time out of every day watch every week I watching so. the video. That would, that would make my that day. Would be hilarious. That would make my day. Uh, <laughs> Anne says it's David Icke. It is not David Icke, but that would be hilarious. It's probably David if Icke. If you have to pick your enemies, I I would pick the turquoise uh, bastard as yeah. my enemy. <laughs> yeah. I don't want, I don't want part of that turquoise uh, triangle or whatever they called it. So anyway, I, I, I want to read this comment. I keep <laughs> getting out of it. So it says I live in Paderborn and I have been to the castle several times. The crypt has some strange acoustics. When you stand in the middle and barely whisper, people hear you 10 meters away. When you're there, you have a sense of evil being present and almost feel relieved once you leave and go outside again. Oh, I believe you like it's so good to hear from people who have been there. Yeah, it's like evil lingers in these places. It's not just like you don't have to know the history of a place to know it's evil because uh, we've been to well actually me and Abby we didn't talk about this yet but like we on our trip on our our esoteric America esoteric uh, trip, America. <laughs> my a favorite trip. stupid name uh, we we visited two sites that we both felt were uniquely evil and we didn't know they would be linked in such a weird yeah way well, we can talk about it for a minute we only got like one i, more I feel like we need we need visuals to properly say it i, I don't think we can actually <clears throat> describe it without our pictures yeah we'll talk about it in a future episode but there there seems to be hephaestus worship happening 
in yeah. a lot of big cities in America that I didn't realize was there. Yeah. And it's weird when you when you stumble upon it. It's and the, real the, weird. And they're also in both cases the biggest damn monuments I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So big, ugly, awful places. Yeah. So anyway. Uh we have one more episode of season two that we just did last week, which is Quanon. Quanon. Is not what you think. And yes, we are calling QAnon Quanon. Get over it. This was so long. I, <laughs> it was a long episode. It was, but it was so much. Re- it was almost, it was impossible. I think it was impossible to do it any quicker. And I could have put another hour and still not been, you know, done all of the different stuff I could have talked about, proofs I could have addressed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were a lot of Quanoners quite angry. But I, I honestly, I think I was as absolutely kind to it as, as I could possibly be while keeping my brain. You, you absolutely were. I want to read a few comments we got because you okay. some interesting ones. So we got this one from Lesko Brandon that says, there is Q and then there are Anons. Your friend is a moron. This channel <laughs> I agree. looks like it will be short-lived <laughs> under the subscriptions, whatever the hell that means. This channel looks like it will be short-lived under the subscriptions. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I read their comment wrong. There is Q and then there are Anons. You are friend is a moron. Isn't your with an apostrophe? You are. Oh, you are friend. Is you a are moron. friend is a moron. This channel looks like it will be short lived under the subscriptions. What I don't know what that means. I, anyway. <laughs> too so too many we, we Q some, posts, man. Too yeah, much we of made that. some anons mad. Can't call them Q anons. They're anons. I love that. That in that did, episode, did we, did we even make that mistake of the? Like, I know the distinction. I don't think we. I don't that. know. I feel like some of them <clears throat> listened to a cup because somebody was also mad at me for like basing my research on the book by Mike Rothschild. But I, I said up front, like this is where I started. I read this book to get an overview, and so I could know where to, you know, get some ideas of where to poke around. And then yeah. I read every single Q post. <laughs> I didn't bring up. <laughs> what this, do you want from me? I didn't bring up this comment. I almost did put it in one. I don't remember what video it was on. But I get this comment a lot where I'll say like I Googled something and people be like, how dare you use Google? You're a bad conspiracy theorist. You're an idiot. You're whatever. And it's funny because like for one, Google's just a verb at this point to mean I researched it. Right. And two, I've said it explicitly. I'm like, it's not that I only trust Google, but I do need to see what the mainstream is pushing. I, Google's actually a useful tool if you're trying to be like, what do they want you to see? And then you do deeper dives. And mm-hmm. we always talk about how much, you know, where we get information and how hard it was to find certain things is being hidden. And people still get mad. Like, even if you find the thing that they want you to say, they're mad that you found it through Google. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm seeing in the chat that there's, um, that <clears throat> saying there was the, the, this episode had the worst tech issues. This episode was on our end completely fine. Um, it was the, it was rumble. So if any of you felt like you missed a bunch because of tech issues, if you just rewatch it, um, rumble was doing an update that week and yeah. it just messed some things up. So yeah, it wasn't our fault this time. Come yeah. on. Uh, but YouTube did take this episode down and has they not did. put it back up. They did. Um, it is gone. So, <laughs> uh, and their, their, their reason was retarded and didn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> what, so what that, was it? What was the reasoning? Remember that video that we played at the beginning of the Q- Oh yeah. Yeah, they from said that Rumble? was it. They said it was a uh, yeah. We played a video from Rumble and YouTube claimed that it was copyrighted under YouTube and that we couldn't play it. Even though 
there's this whole thing called the fair use act. And there's this idea of commenting over things like people can literally make money watching Tom McDonald music videos and yeah. talking about them. Yeah. But if we pl- it's always, you know, it's, it's bullshit because it's yeah. happened to us twice. And you know what episodes it was on QAnon and adrenochrome. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't that. Yeah, they no. They were like, we have to take this video down. We have, we have to find, to find a reason to reason. take it down. Yeah. yeah. They know what fair use is. They know that you can comment over top of a video and play yeah. clips of things. It's just retarded. It's anyway, amazing. They just found a reason. Uh, we got another um, comment from Lando uh, Cal Ripken that says very cognitive analysis. Thank you for your uh, crystallizing many of the notions about Q that have occurred to me and for also bringing a fresh new clarity on the matter. Kudos. Nice. So thank you for that. And we got one from Val six, four, two, one that says, <clears throat> There will be a mass exodus from the Q movement after Biden steals a 2024 election. Quote, you can't tell them. You have to show them. Many Anons uh, won't accept that excuse any longer. Big Anons uh, who have a lot to lose if Q is fake will say, be strong, Anons. There is, uh, this is part of the plan. Not enough people woke up in the, <laughs> so it's necessary that we suffer a grueling four more years. And that's exactly how it works. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. It's like, oh, yeah, this thing that was promised to us, it didn't happen because you just weren't, it's on you. It's always on you, remember? Like, that was the thing that we found out about yeah. the the whole community is like, if Q's wrong, it's your fault. Yeah. We also had a lot of code bu- bullshit in the comments where someone, I don't remember what it was, something like all these numbers, and it was like, that you're wrong because the stuff that was supposed to happen and the stuff that was uh, on 4chan in 2017 will happen in 2024, and here's the proof. And it was, it was like, yeah, it's like, it's, stop it's not coping. that deep. And Stop coping. Q, Q wanted Q didn't even want you to believe that. That no, like he he, I can imagine his frustration. Like you guys, it's not that deep. We were playing a game, but yeah. Anyway, but the the last thing I want to bring up. So we those those are the, all the episodes we did. Uh, we didn't bring up every other thing we did. We did like a Barbenheimer review. We did a lot yeah. of unhinged episodes. We did Bible studies. Uh, but there is one last unhinged episode I want to bring up because it was so tied into the Q stuff. And I yeah. think it was a big reason why we did Q. And that is that we went and saw the movie, The Sound of Freedom. Yeah. And uh, this is one that was for unhinged, but we released it everywhere because we just felt like it was time, you know, yeah. important for everybody to, to see this and kind of get a take on it. Because there's been so many conspiracies around like, is this movie that's pointing at child sex trafficking saying it's bad actually a psyop? <laughs> Which I always thought was kind of stupid. And we Amazing. kind of showed why that was a dumb argument, why a lot of the things people were saying were were kind of silly. Um, but I, I want to bring this one up as if we're giving updates. I did see this one, and it just ties in with having Dan and uh, Seth Dillon on. We have this article from Not the Bee, which is my favorite website. Uh, it says, International Pedophile Ring. I was told this was a conspiracy <laughs> theory. It says, check this out, guys. We're all conspiracy theorists now, because this is from NBC News says nearly 100 people in the U.S. and Australia have so far been arrested and at least 13 children rescued after the fatal shooting of two FBI agents led to the unraveling of suspected international pedophile ring. So this literally happens the beginning of August. All of July, we're being told that if you believe that international child sex trafficking rings exist, you're an idiot, you're a QAnoner, you're whack out. You're wacko. You shouldn't go see Sound of Freedom because it's pushing this idea that people traffic children, mm-hmm. except for the fact that you know it happens. And forget about Epstein Island. It was a one-off. It was a one-off. We gave you that one. It happened. We covered it up for years. Let's forget about that. But it's the only time it ever happened in all of history. Um, 
And look, look, I'm not trying to like gloat over the fact that this happens. It's awful. It's terrible. I'm gloating over the fact that these people were caught. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cause that's awesome. hundred people arrested. Good. I hope they all get millstones tied around their neck, but yeah. just the idea that like you can't bring up the thing that's really happening and bring awareness to it. And mm-hmm. it's being attacked from all these sides. It's just such a weird, maybe the weirdest thing that's happened in 2023 so far. <laughs> Yeah, and, and yet I'm not surprised. I mean, they really yeah. are just so blatant about things now that like the child trafficking thing is part of the Satan worship that they're all participating in. Of mm-hmm. course the elites are are mad that we would we would be standing up against it. Yeah, I guess what I that that didn't shock me. It was just weird that I think people are so used to being lied to that they look mm-hmm. everywhere. For oh, the part where they're like it's a psyop, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. It was like it was being attacked from every direction. Like conspiracy theorists were coming out against the the one time that they had a a win for their cause. It is. Sound of Freedom is a win for your cause. Sound of Freedom is a movie that is like getting the normal people to realize is a real problem. And I I think we should actually celebrate that instead of trying to find every little fault in Tim Ballard's personal life. 100%. Anyway. Season two has been fun, guys. Yeah. I'm proud of it. Yeah. So we are not going to have a show next Wednesday. As I said, we are going to do unhinged tomorrow and next Thursday. So get in your TikTok stuff, your questions from the mailbag. We're going to be answering all that. Uh, And we're going to head over and chat with you guys on Rumble here for a little bit. Unless you had anything to to say or anything you want to preview that's coming up. Um, No, I'm ready for Rumble. All right, cool. So we'll see you guys September 6th, which is also when we've been doing the show for a whole year. So it's going to yeah. be very fun. Um, see you guys then. Bless everyone. Have a great night. Yeah.